and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. It is the January 27, 2018 edition edition of the TetraCast. Joining me today, uh, we've got four special guests with me. Uh, first off, we've got Josh Torres. Hey, what's up, all? Hey, uh, Adam Vitali. What number TetraCast is this? Do you know? Uh, this is 96, episode 96. Okay. We're getting really close. Close to 100, yep. Yes. Uh, we'll probably have to do something special for that. Uh, we've also, Live stream. We've also got <laughs> the voice of Adam Reese. Hello. And finally, we've got James Galizio. Hello. Hello to you all. So, yes, um, it's been sort of an eventful week. Uh, for the most part, it's actually, as of yesterday, um, we have a lot to talk about regarding one of the year's biggest releases, Monster Hunter World. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys got a chance to play Dragon Ball Fighters, but that was the other big title. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. I will say it feels like uh, Sony wasn't prepared for the two big releases because immediately I, I don't their blame network them. went down. Yeah, I mean that, it wasn't accepting awesome. new connections. Did you guys? That was the problem. Did that affect I, any of you guys? No, yeah, I was I was at work for for the most yeah. part uh, during it. It was usually like around Friday noon time in Pacific, I believe. It yeah, started yeah, yeah. popping up. Yeah, I but, wasn't. I was at a point where I wasn't going to use any multiplayer stuff yet because of. Uh, as mentioned before, Ed, by accident by me, <laughs> that you have to proceed through the single-player story before you can unlock multiplayer excursions with your friends. And I was at a point in the story where I couldn't do any of that. I was just yeah. looking at the squad stuff, and it was offline at the time, and it kept trying to reconnect, and it couldn't. So, yeah. But I knew some people that were playing online, so that meant that Sony was in a position where they couldn't accept new connections, but they were able to keep the ones they already had. That yeah, probably it's, it's explains typical, why I was yeah. being fine then, because I just didn't really go offline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once you got in there. I mean, I know I knew some coworkers that actually took the day off for both those games, or either game, you know? So uh, definitely one of those things where people were wanting to stay home and spend as much time as possible, so rest in peace to them. I, yeah, to go but through that crap. I think, I think mm-hmm. the, the most, the, the coolest thing about this week, it's kind of like too, too big, you know, like, Especially Dragon Ball, you know, it's been a long time since yeah. the, there's been like a hot, hotly anticipated Dragon Ball release. You know, yeah, yeah the only one that's series. come close is like Xenoverse, but yeah, that was so, only yeah, because it was the, a certain the, audience for that. I yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we're expecting. Well, yeah. it is kind of like interesting in a way that you know this is Dragon Ball game number five hundred and twelve or whatever, and like it's still because of the new anime and because of the uh, just the developer and all that, it's gotten this huge amount of attention. And yeah. I saw like. When it, it released a little bit later on Steam, I guess, like a couple hours or half a day or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, in the morning. But it's still like it like beat the all time high of like of like Street Fighter Five, uh, Marvel vs. and some other game. What was mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat? I think like like yeah, combined. That makes sense. <laughs> like it just be, it like already beat all those highs like combined. Like that is nuts. That's yeah, some the great two reviews coolest. Too, so yeah, the PC version actually. The funny thing about that is, I think it did better than Bandai Namco thought was going to do because yeah, the too. amount of servers and the server capacity for the PC version is apparently woefully understocked. So it's like there's only a, there's only like a, 126 slots or something like that in each region. So there's a bunch of people that are trying to play that just can't. 
I, I love okay the, lo- the loveliest thing about the PC version is you know people have uh, messed around with the PC settings and they set it down to the ma- uh, the settings all the way yes. to like max or minimum in it look like you know ton of re- resolution all the graphics like settings DS it, game yeah it, it, it's it's Game funny Boy Advance <laughs> depending on who you ask they all have name differences it looks like a PS one game or it looks like a DS game or it looks like a 3DS game or it looks like a GBA game yeah, it's... <laughs> either way though Just, uh, very well yeah. optimized. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. That's awesome. It has all like people can output it at 4K 60. Has uh, super sampling support uh, or down sampling. I mean, and it's just what was awesome. That? What was that? I'm surprised they didn't do that for Guilty Gear. What was that PS One? Was it Dragon Ball Final Bout or something? Dragon Ball GT Final Bout. Ultimate Battle 22. No, no that, the, that the PS One game was Dragon Ball GT Final Bout. Yeah. It was. I remember it was like weirdly popular because it was like one of the only games localized when, like, the original, like, anime was airing. <laughs> oh. Even though it wasn't a very good game. Yeah. I, I remember but... I had, a, I have a copy somewhere. It's, it's an import version of, like, Dragon Ball Ultimate Battle 22. It's just all in Japanese. And it was a weird-ass fucking game. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was all the weird, like, uh, I think there was some English going on with that game, too. I remember, the like, only... seeing that yeah. real bout game, final bout game, uh, like, at Blockbuster. Like, that was, like, the one game no one really wanted to check out because it was that bad, <laughs> even if it's yeah. a Dragon Ball. It had that uh, Vegito, I think, on the cover with just, like... It's like a blue cover. Characters, like, I don't think we've, we were able... We were seen yet in the Dragon Ball Z anime. No. So what? it was, like... Well, it was Dragon it Ball was, GT, we... right? I think that was just airing at it... the time. That's why. Yeah. I don't... I, th- I can't remember... <laughs> It's yeah. funny, like, I have Dragon Ball Fighters. Haven't played it yet because of Monster Hunter, but uh, not actually been a huge Dragon Ball fan of the anime, but I remember when I was, like, younger, I played through Legacy of Goku 2 on the Game Boy Advance, yeah. and that yes. was really, really fun. Well, and, those are actually, like, RPGs, right? Yeah, yeah Adventure like, RPGs. Legacy of Goku I need to play uh, the uh, Boo's Fury. I think it was Legacy of Goku 3, Boo's Fury or something yeah. like that. I mean, right. the one I want to Let's play. Let's see if Goku 2 was really good. Yeah, I, I heard, to... I heard great things about that. The other game I want to play is uh, Attack of the Saiyans because that's Monolith Soft's game that they made. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. the one with the anyone who's been following our Twitter account. It's the one with the um, the giant had like a... uh, gr- uh, gorilla. With it. Like the person pulling out the, the it's like the polar bear pulling out the gun and shooting Krillin. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's the, uh, the, yeah, yeah. That's Attack of the Saiyans. Uh, that one, that tweet blew up. But yeah, it's. Apparently, it's got a lot of that type of stuff in there, and so and it's it's got a weird attention to detail, like the. It was even like, you know, in Krillin's reaction getting shot, it's actually straight from the manga when he gets attacked. <laughs> so they, they Yeah, his like kind of jumping back kind of look. It's amazing. But yeah, yeah, it's gonna be exciting in a few weeks when the uh, monster and stuff uh, calms down and they get the server issues sorted out with uh, yeah. Dragon Ball, they'll be able to hop in there. Yeah. I wonder if any mm-hmm. bot support will happen. Uh well, he's already talking. I mean, the, yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, I don't remember really about that too much modding support for like Guilty Gear on PC either. So it, yeah. it's kind of hard. It, to it's say. it's exciting either way because you have like you have a lot of like different circles coming together, different communities. Like I know this. Uh, uh, as of this recording on Saturday, there's this uh, local tournament in New York, who's usually you know the the they're consistent about it, but their Dragon Ball Fighters tournament there they turned up like. 65 entrants and then they had to set up pools for a local and that's un- like wow. insane that they have to set up pools for a local uh, in that capacity and you have you know you have people from like all circles it's like a perfect storm because Marvel versus Capcom Infinite isn't really scratching that itch for a lot of people and so you have it's a you know, more the... um, playing game with a property that so many people love so yeah so you see yeah, you see like the Marvel so community you see the Marvel community going to it. You see the anime community like Blaze Blue, Guilty Gear, Skullgirls, etc. Oh, like go flocking to it. 
And then you see Dragon Ball fans who never really touched a fighting game before, of course, flock to it. So you kind of like it's just all these different communities kind of meshing together and seeing what the hell is this game? Does this thing have legs? So I, th- I think Evo uh, this year, if it does have like, it's a main stage Evo game, I think it probably will. Um, yeah. It's going to be uh, fun to watch seeing that community yeah. grow. I think it's it's crazy to think that uh, there's so much happening around this game and then the news. I don't remember when the news broke. Maybe it was like a week or two ago about the fact that Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle has like half the roster as DLC and that really upset uh, people. So that... that doesn't really serve itself well for the tournament scene because uh, you have to like buy the characters obviously to, in order to play them and so mm-hmm. no one is going to be able to like yeah. you know donate their system for the just the, for the tournament. Just that Blaze Blue that. thing really upset me because That's I was shit. super excited for Blades Blue Cross Tag for one reason only. So the same group I'm playing a monster with, I have this, uh, I think I've talked about this before. I have a group of friends from high school that we still play video games together. I'm the big fighting game guy on in our group. They played Soul Calibur, so it's going to be nice when Soul Calibur 6 comes out because everyone in the group's getting that game. Looks great, looks great. But they've never really been into 2D fighting games, but the one thing that they do like is Ruby. Now, I don't really like Ruby, but they wanted to play the Ruby characters in Blaze Blue, and that would give me an opportunity to finally get them into Blaze Blue. But then when they heard the news that only two of Team Ruby is going to be in the game on this, that just pissed them off. And it's like, okay, guess I'm waiting for Soul Calibur to get my fighting game fixed with these guys. It's ridiculous. Like, you can just go and play a Blaze Blue game that already has the entire roster. Like, the the, the, I played a lot of the Vita game. I forget what it was called, but it was like... Continuum Shift Extend or Phantasma? I played a lot uh, the, the of the first one you said, yeah. There was a, a, the huge roster of that, and go to play Persona Four uh, Ultimax or something like that to know to play all the Persona characters without the stupid DLC crap. So yeah, I, yeah it's just a shitty business. And practice, it's such a but... shame too, because Blade Blue is a fantastic fighting game series. Even if, especially if you don't necessarily want to play multiplayer, because they've always been great about having single player content. Like it's Abyss like, Mode, you can just you can drop a ton of hours into Abyss Mode. It's really fun because it's kind of like an RPG esque mode where you're going through. Uh, different towers and leveling up your character's attributes and there's different modifiers it's really fun it's a lot of fun and, and it's a shame that they're going to do that to this game but at least dragon ball fighters doesn't seem to have that oh but correct me if I'm wrong it does have, see, it does have, up, it does have like Luke Chris, doesn't it no, no not really what it does is that the uh, avatar items are kind of random drops That's what and I mean. then what you get if you get a duplicate is a separate currency that you can use to buy specific um, avatar items so outright. Kind of Wait, this is in Dragon Ball? Yeah, but you can't buy any of the currency and there's nothing like that. It's just, I... no, that's what I mean, it's just yeah, a system nothing. to make it so that even though it's a, there's a bit of RNG to make sure people keep playing if they need like a carrot on a stick or something, well, there's still remember... a way to make the grind a bit more bearable. So I, re- I remember the, the I played some of the PlayStation 2 Dragon Ball Z games. And it wasn't yes, quite the same, but they had, like, a shop item. Like, you bought capsules. And I think the capsules weren't random, but, like, what, what the shop was carrying was kind of random, like, yes. in this PS2 game. Right. So you kind of had to, like, yeah. do some story, check the shop, hope your item that you want was there. If it wasn't there, you kind of had to, like, somehow refresh it by doing more story or whatever. And it was That's weird. That's like what Xenoverse so, did. Yeah, so it's, like, it's kind of, like, sort of that. Just kind of, you can't just get exactly what you want when you want it you kind of you know just some sort of luck involved there but no actual currency uh, rng shots like are endemic yeah. too like yeah in xenoverse when you completed a mission like uh my friend and i we would always be playing together because we wanted to get frieza's like death ball whatever move so that because it was like considered overpowered 
or like a very like a very sought after. So we'd have to do this in at least the first Xenoverse game. There was this mission where you had to uh, you could easily find Dragon Balls in a certain mission with Broly or Broly or however you want to pronounce it. And uh, we'd keep doing that mission over and over because that was the easiest way to find Dragon Balls. And we'd uh, keep wish turn to you just wish. farm them. Yeah, yeah, we'd we'd farm them because there was a way to like uh, wish for a certain like a random special technique. And we keep trying to get Frieza's Death Ball, whatever you call it. And, well, I mean, that's that's all I was getting at is that Dragon Ball yeah. game for a while have had sort of this like randomization element with getting yeah. certain moves. So it's not that's not really new. Yeah. And, anyways, least, point being, it's not loot boxes. You yeah. can't spend money on it. Yeah. So that was just a bit of a faux controversy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I totally get that. I mean, even at the beginning, it was pretty clear that that wasn't going to be like anywhere near as like, you know, blatant as some of the others. It was pretty uh, everyone seemed to be pretty OK with it. Uh, this makes me hope that Xenoverse 3 this is a thing that comes soon. So yeah, let's all go ahead and get into the podcast proper because we've got some things to talk about, including the game I was talking about before. Before we get into that, we'd like to talk about some of the other games that we've been playing before we come to the, the big title. So first off, uh, Adam Reese. So uh, you mentioned last week, I don't know if you mentioned it during the podcast, but you had purchased the Pillars of Eternity uh, Complete Edition on the Xbox One. So it looks like you had a chance to play some of that. Yeah, uh, I first tried, like, I was looking up at guides and stuff online. I found out that uh, there's this DLC called White Marsh that, like, gives you three, like, three characters that uh, the base game doesn't have an NPC for, uh, a story character for. Uh, So I wanted to try one of those three classes so I could, like... uh, like fill out like the kind of role for the team that the other that the other uh, team members you pick up couldn't fill. So first I tried a barbarian character because I thought like uh, one of the things about that character is that it's um, it can hit harder than pretty much any other character you can have. Like outside of like you know a rogue that's hitting a single target, but a barbarian can hit like a group of enemies by just like uh, if you raise his intelligence. Like, for some reason, in Pillars of Eternity, intelligence, like, ties into your area of effect um, ability. So, like, you'd have this very, like, smart, like, Shakespearean barbarian, like, (laughs) running around killing uh, groups of enemies with a two-handed axe or a sword or whatever. So I tried that for a little bit. But then, like, uh, the more I played of a barbarian, like, I didn't get that far with him. But then I figured, like... You know, I keep coming across these locked chests and doors and stuff where I, more often than not, I need a lock pick of like three lock picks or more. And um, like, I wouldn't get a chanter anytime soon, which is the other class that gets an increased mechanics skill, which is like the way they decide how, um, how much uh, ability you have to. Um, pick locks and uh find trap uh find hidden well, traps whenever or whenever i play i haven't played pillars of eternity but whenever i play games like that i always pick like the character with a skill set like a thief or like someone with a high amount of like charisma or whatever the equivalent is to like do all the like quest and loot type content even if they like suck in battle <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I usually try to play the paladin because I like the survivability aspect and also the charisma, so that I could like get, make my way through us uh, um, uh, by using my speech instead of like my having to fight every time. But in this case, it was more that uh, rogues require a lot of micromanaging to make sure like you're not you're, you're positioning as such. It's not like 
Uh, even though you can't, I was playing you can't on Easter, just, you can't just brute force and just run and run and charge and everything. No, yeah, yeah, you have to like you have to make sure that your character isn't like the rogue um, positioning is everything. So you can't just you have to make sure that the enemy is already like kind of. Uh, you have to give yourself the advantage yeah. somehow. Yeah, it's already in. But it's uh, the it's already in like in uh, battle, so you can just like move around the enemy and start striking. Because backstab doesn't really mean anything to Pillars of Eternity. I think they kind of nerfed that uh, in like the second uh, 2.0 release. Uh, I mean, of a patch to the game, so it doesn't mean as much. So it's all about like being able to at least like not be the target of the attacks because it's like the the rogue in that game is pretty much a glass cannon. Like uh, even more so than other games, because like you, you if you get targeted, and you you're going to go down pretty fast. In so game. are they kind of like an assassin, where if you can like take on people like one by one, but if you get surrounded, you're dead type of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like you don't you start off like uh, in the game, like you start off like in this caravan situation, and you have two two ways you can go about it. Like I only found about the second way later on, but I'm probably gonna do this the next time I play. I'm probably gonna use my uh, I'm I'm currently using my rogue as a good guy, oddly enough, and I'm gonna use a barbarian as a bad guy just because I know that if I go evil, there's gonna be a lot of enemies coming at me, a lot of like civilians and stuff trying to take me down, and a barbarian would be helpful in that situation. But anyway, in that caravan situation, you can actually choose to like slaughter everyone in the caravan, and the quest marker changes from like find a way to overcome this illness you had or. Uh, make sure you take down everyone in the caravan first. <laughs> like, it's just one of those options where, like, well, we see that what you're doing here, so let's just make it so like you have a goal in mind. So remind me, you said you're playing the White March expansion. Now, is that like? Oh, I know I'm not playing that yet. I just know that. Oh, okay. The, I'm just know that the White March is where like you can pick up a barbarian and rogue and monk character those are the oh, three classes are, are new, that aren't covered classes okay yeah th- well they're not new classes as much as the npcs that you pick up along the way the story characters none of them fit that role they're all like pallet enchanter cypher cypher is like a almost like a psychic character attacker and but those three classes were not they're not like none of the story characters are that so i wanted to be one of those three and white march i only found out later like white march you can pick up those three as story characters so uh, i just wanted to p- pick one of yeah. them that couldn't fit the role of another that i was going to pick up so makes sense and uh i just wanted to finish this by talking a little bit about the stronghold system in pillars of eternity uh it's you come across this kind of uh worn down fortress uh, that uh, you you're supposed to be like trying to find answers from a certain character in there. I won't like try to spoil anything, but you're trying to find answers to help you move along the story a little bit more. But it turns out like that some circumstances happen and you uh, come into uh, ownership of the stronghold yourself and you're like uh, what you're doing is like you're trying to fix everything up because everything's worn down because uh, just. So it's so, like a base building mode or something? Yeah, it's a base building. You like you uh you have a certain uh, currency called um prestige and security. Prestige is like well knownness and security is like how well you can defend against like if there's any like bandits that run up on your place, you can you need to like uh you have to like pay a certain amount of gold to like uh that you like those are kind of like the the bare minimum of prestige and security you get that unlocks more stuff that you pay gold to like uh, fix up your um 
pretty much what the constitutes like a home or like you fix up the gray hall or you fix up like you can uh, start hiring people to like uh, run missions for you like uh you know all those open world so games. is this like totally separate from like the actual game or like... it's it's part of the story in a way but it's also like but, like could you oh, ignore it if you wanted to if you hate this sort of stuff or what if you don't want to build your base yeah that's totally viable it's more like uh it's uh you're you're coming to it's like there's a lot of benefits you can glean from building up that stronghold like one of the first things you could do is that you can uh increase like you can like restore that uh home area and then all these upgrades you can put on that stack uh benefits to you like buffs and stuff oh uh, like it, it can actually it, it, can can putting time and effort into this base building stronghold mode like actually make your characters like better like in terms of their fighting capability or is it just separate i guess that's what i'm wondering <laughs> well i mean like uh if i can like, get, like said, can you get like better equipment or better like, yeah I, like you can you can get like a smithy you can get like okay. um you can get a uh, bunch of these different characters and uh you can uh unlock a barracks and stuff i haven't gotten that far into it so i don't know everything about it but uh from what i see a lot of the upgrades are like um well, you've cleaned up your home, and now if we restore these towers, we can, uh, you can get like an extra buff to your might for two rests. So, like, if you ever went to like camp, that take down one rest, and then another camp and take down two, so that uh, you lose that buff. But oh, at the same like, time, yeah, it's like it just it just keeps you strong for as long as like you don't go to sleep. So. Okay, so that makes sense. I, that's kind of what I was wondering. Like, what's the point of this? And like, oh, so if you do this, it can actually like make your characters to give you an advantage in the actual story. So there is a yeah. reason to do it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything more than that because I haven't gotten that far. Yet. Okay. I've only just uh, shortly unlocked that stuff. But from what I've seen, there is some story stuff tied to it. And uh, there's uh, some pretty, like the dungeon underneath the stronghold is like, at least 13 levels deep and each level you go it's like stronger and stronger so you can unlock a lot of good or you can get a lot of good loot that way and there's always it's also a story reason tied to that dungeon and there's like you come like uh one of the first things that happens after you gain ownership of that uh castle and you kind of clean up that great hall is that a messenger from the duke of the uh nearby city arrives and says well, there's this other family that claims that they are the ones that should own this property, and they just want to talk to you about it and lay claim to it. And uh, they, so it's like you there's a story reason, there's story quest tied to uh, the ownership of that keep. I'm not sure if it cared whether or not you cleaned up that um, great hall, but it seemed to activate after I did so. So can I be honest with you? So like, yeah. Pillars of Eternity is something I kind of have been meaning to play for a while. Yeah, me too. Um, but to be honest, this stronghold stuff kind of sounds boring and tedious to me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, if I, mean, I were that's playing, I'm not sure how much of a confocus is. Like, well, uh, if I if I was playing this game and I like ran into this area where it's like you can build a fortress and do all this stuff, I'd be like, forget it and just move on with my life. It seems pretty optional. I'm not sure how much it ties into the story of how much you can okay. do. I just like to do that kind of stuff because I like yeah. that kind of completionist mindset I have. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think there's much stopping you from just ignoring it entirely. It kind of okay. reminds me of a little bit of Dragon Age Inquisition because it's got that same type of uh, fort building mechanic in it. Uh, it's more tied into the story than before. Uh, but it, it sounds like based on what you're telling me about Pillars of Eternity, it's not as like 
uh, distant from the story as say Fallout 4s because that's definitely oh, yeah. you have to do. Or it like Baldur's stuff. Gate, where you can like if you're a paladin, you unlock that class stronghold area. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's like it's nothing you need to like focus on. It just gives you like benefits and like ways to earn money and certain kinds of loot and stuff. Like you can unlock a barracks that. Uh, get you a bunch of hirelings that you can send along on missions like other open world games like Assassin's Creed let you like a, um, if you if you got certain characters you could send them on missions that would bring you back certain kinds of loot that seems to be the mindset going into that okay. I guess if it's a decent way to get money that'd be a reason yeah. to do it exactly. yeah Without it's like it's going. just it's just like one of those sites like any kind of side uh, mission where like like Yakuza Zero where you can unlock the real estate company and stuff and it just seems to be a way to uh open up more of the game to you uh, in terms of like what you can do and what character uh, what loot you can get what money you can get but uh overall i don't think it's um a mandatory uh, thing right. to do so cool so i will mean, obviously get into the other game that you've been playing a lot of in a little bit but let's move on to i'll have more to say when i uh when i get further so of course yeah we'll, we'll talk more about that then uh so out of italy uh so for the site you covered, Zway, the Argus Adventure. Uh, so for people who don't know, um, last year, Zway, the Ilvart uh, Insurrection, which was Zway 2, that got localized. And they said at the time that the reason they focused on that game instead was because it felt like it was more contemporary, that it was more approachable for the fans uh, with better graphics. But it, then they turned around and said they're going to localize the first one anyway. And that's what's Zway, the Argus Adventure, Argus, I don't know how they pronounce it. Yeah. But, uh, you covered that for the set with a review. Um, it seemed like you were less uh, keen on it than the the original, the other game you covered. You covered both, yeah, of them, I should say. Right. So basically, so Zway is one of Falcom's series, not as well known as Esor uh, Trails. Made, basically, yeah. Um, it, well, I guess Zway Two, I think, might have been. Yeah. Yeah, Zway Two. Uh, That's the one that was localized. Right. So, yeah. Sorry. Um. So, like, Zway 2, which is what the one we got first, it, it's mostly standalone. Like, the actual, like, the, the characters it follows and the storyline itself is mostly standalone. But the main two characters from the first game, uh, Pockle and Pipero, um, are actually pretty present in Zway 2. Like, they're not even just a cameo. Like, they do participate in the uh, story and have dialogue and everything. Um, so... It's kind of funny playing that first and now going back one game. And so Zway 1, The Artist Adventure, was made in 2001. So it's released in Japan in 2001. So it's pretty old. Um, For example, that predates the whole uh, Kiseki series, Trail series, by like three years or whatever. Um, So it's pretty old. And it's... So... When I play older games, like when I played like the original, like the first couple of East, East games, although granted those are like been updated. Uh, I mean, this has been updated too. Like you, you kind of can put your, I can put like my mindset back and like my expectations. Like, okay, this is what I, I, I have to expect that this is a game from 2001. Um, you played in older terms... games uh, very recently too, and you still enjoy them. So yeah. Yeah, you just got you kind, you kind of have to like put yourself in that mindset of like yeah. the time period it originally came out in, but. So Zway 2, let me start with Zway 2, which came out, you know, just last couple months ago, really like October. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, it's a really easy to pick up and play game. There's even with a controller, which I don't think it originally supported a controller. It was not it, it, it's like like a East game. It, you get used to it pretty quickly. It doesn't it's it's pretty 
easy to digest and understand how to play it and the structure of the game and whatnot. Um, and that game kind of surprised me with like its character driven story and its story elements, like how much of it there was. I was expecting it to be more like Guru Men, another Falcom game, yeah. which was more just kind of, you know, leisurely platforming, but battling type of stuff. Um, but anyways, going back to this way one, it's a very, in short, clumsy and uh, awkward to control. It's because it's totally 2D. So Zway 2 is a 3D game. So there's 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 a height, there's a depth to everything. You can jump, all that. Um, you know, there's a whole 3D environment you're basically controlling in. But Zway 2 or Zway 1 is totally 2D. So you can only move up, down, left, right. And all the enemies and your characters are basically on a single plane that you're looking at from an up from like a downwards sort of camera angle. But what gets weird is you can still like launch enemies, quote, into the air. But on a 2D game, it gets kind of awkward to like know like where they actually are on like oh, relative yeah. to your yeah. character. Oh, yeah, you have to kind of mess with a uh, weird depth of field. Yeah, so stuff. like you'll launch an enemy in the air, and how, what that actually does, like in this game, is that enemy little sprite will get bigger because it's like trying to like show that it's getting closer to your viewpoint, the player's viewpoint, because you're in the air. But it gets really kind of weird. Like, where am I supposed to aim to try to hit him while he's in the air? Do I aim for the uh, for the for where the sprite is on the map, or do I kind of have to like does you it, know, men uh, mentally calculate where he would be, like relative to my character? It's it's just kind of awkward. It doesn't do the thing where like if you launch them into the air, it moves the sprite uh, gradually up while leaving like a, a dark circle on the bottom to show a there, shadow. I think it does move them gradually up, but there is no shadow. At least oh, I'm yeah. sure there's not. Weird. No, now you have me wondering if there was one. I didn't oh. notice it. But I don't think there is. Um, and it's just it's just really kind of awkward. And also the 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 battle system like it's very it's almost like the first east game where you it's kind of like a bump system almost where you only have one attack button where you now i'm interested yeah Pockle basically just kind of like jabs forward like ha 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 and that's like just these little, <laughs> little little quick forward jabs and that's about it like that's literally the battle system okay um and you can play as Pipero too you can basically switch between the two at will which is kind of the whole point of the game really in the title and but she she just launches a little bit of like a little magic ball, um, kind of in a similar fashion. You do get more magic throughout the game that kind of changes like the shape of it and sometimes like a little bit of a spread. But it's in a nutshell, the battles get kind of tedious and boring really quickly because you just kind of like run up in this little dungeon. You press A a couple of times, ha ha ha, and then you like knock the enemy around. You're, it's a little bit confusing where you're supposed to be aiming when you launch them, and launching seems kind of random whether they get launched or not. And the, is the structure of the game kind of like Zway 2? Like it's like more character driven as well? Or, or no, is it more open ended? It's so like Zway 2 has a storyline that kind of under, undercuts everything and gives you kind of like a reason to like do what you're doing in a sense. Zway 1, it's much more laid back. It's basically like the story premise is that Pipro and Paco live in this village that's peaceful, blah, blah, blah. And then a mysterious masked man comes and steals the village's six idols. And you basically need to go out and reclaim those six idols, or little figurine-type statue things, um, from this guy. And then, um, as you do that, that's basically the whole game. You collect these six statues. Um, you learn like a small little like basic storyline that involves the masked person that did this and why. And then you fight like a final boss, and then that's basically it. Um, it's very low-key, mm -hmm. so it's that's it's not enough to really keep me interested. 
And the gameplay itself, not only the very simple battle system, but the dungeons are basically just kind of a... They kind of remind me of like an old school roguelike, only they're not randomly generated. What I mean by that is that they're it's basically just hallways and rooms. So you just kind of go down a hallway into a room, you kill some enemies, go down another hallway into another room, kill some enemies. There's some really basic puzzles like switches that you have to do sometimes and sometimes you have to push a block onto a switch or whatever. But that's about as complicated as it gets. So it... In short, there's not a whole lot there either, like narrative-wise or mechanically, to really keep you interested. Really? I think. I heard so it's... so much great. I'm sorry to cut you off, but like I heard so many good things about the writing in this. I mean, I like the I dig the art style for sure, the 2D art style. But I thought the writing, from what I heard from other people, it's like it was pretty good. So to you say that makes me second guess what they were talking about. Well, if they mean writing, as in like the actual like, let's dialogue, just say, look, yeah. the dialogue in this case. Um, the XD did a localization blog on this, and how they ended up, how they decided to go about it was Pokal, or Pokal, however you pronounce his name, there's no voice acting, so I don't know, um, is he throws out a pun, a really bad pun, like every other sentence. Um, <laughs> but basically, just think of the worst puns you could make, and he he's going to make it. And um, apparently, that is kind of been amplified a bit in the localization because the translator felt that that was basically what the character should be like in a way or like it makes more sense to how the characters respond and react to him sure. um so that's that's what the decision they made and then pipero and she was like this in the in zoe too as well she is very colorful and also very vulgar um yes. like she'll call people she'll she'll call people assholes or whatever like just it's kind of funny you have this little charming game with you know colorful palettes and watercolor style and then like you have one of the characters just calls people assholes and <laughs> whatever yeah just yeah um and so some some of the some of the phrases that she uses and also some of the puns are really kind of just nuts and absurd like they're almost too wacky to be believable but it's i think i said in my review like the storyline wasn't really like capturing my attention at all but at least the localization was like weird and absurd and silly enough to like keep my interest for me to me to actually like pay attention to what people were saying at least um, because it was just so kind of strange and weird and quirky. Cause if, if they, if they, if this game was more just a plain, just dialogue story, blah, 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 it would be ex- ex- more boring than it already is. <laughs> so I don't mind it. It's just kind of nuts at times. So that, that that's, th- those are, the, those are probably the, 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 what the game has going for it is that it's very colorful it's um the music is uh, as usual for falcom it's pretty great and some of the dialogue is just amusing but the gameplay and the storyline itself is really just nothing it's just uh. in retrospect you would say that you know zway 2 was a big step up to the original yes Zoe. Yeah. it's weird, <laughs> more than right? like we were talking about this in, in the discord it's just like well of course the sequel improved upon the original so it's weird they went the other way but you know i think that's probably just that they wanted to sort of offer the context of those characters you know even if they knew that it wasn't as good a game so yeah so i should i should i should probably state that i really appreciate that xc decided to take the time and budget to localize this as a sort of as a sort of you know time capsule to like experience this game to see it and now we can actually play it legally in english officially in english yeah and you you just kind of have to 
yeah, you can. It's just it's it's kind of, it's nice to experience it and to see it and be like, oh, so this is what Zway is. But in terms of it, like actually like standing on its own merits as a game, it's probably one of Exceeds and Falcom's probably weakest games, I would say. Yeah. So I mean, this was I mean they were putting out PC games well after the original Zway, so uh, they were getting better at it. I mean, they obviously they've been making PC games since the '80s, so it's not like they're new to it necessarily, but uh, definitely. Uh, Sounds like you should people who are interested probably should focus more on picking up Ilford Insurrection instead. That's that should be probably a better way to clarify the two if you yeah. put them on Steam because this uh, you know this is confusing enough. It's that Ilford Insurrection that's way two plus uh, that was localized. Zway uh, the Argus Adventure that's way one that just came out um, recently. And like you mentioned, obviously you kind of hope and expect a sequel to improve upon the original. That doesn't always happen. We know oh, that, oh, yeah. but. Totally. here it's 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 an improvement and more i would say like it's 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 like the same basic structure and style but uh by style i mean more like like mark like mechanical style it's a totally different like art style because it's 3d yeah. um but it's the same like you it's kind of played in the same way in a sense but it basically does everything better from its mechanics to its characters to the story and it's um like some people I know may not like decide. Oh, I want. I need to play the first one first because it became because it came first. And it's like, well, you don't have to. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> I mean coming coming from you, someone who appreciates sprites as much as I do, uh, hearing you say that, you should probably stick to the three D version. Uh, to be fair, though, uh, even if it's in three D, it still has sort of that same design. It's it's, it's like cell. Sh- I don't know yeah. if it is actually cell shaded, but it's got that kind it, of it like kinda is, yeah, style. It and it looks pretty similar to Gurman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this was around the same time. Zway Two came out around the same time as Gurman did. Because no, actually, Gurman came out around like I want to say 2003, and Zway Two was the last PC game that Falcom developed themselves. Gurman is is kind of weird because it had well, like, man, a like a PC, PC release and then a PSP release, and yeah, yeah, like it, just, it just kept stretching it. But yeah, Zway Two Plus was indeed the final Falcom PC release. Still to this day, because the only time they're getting on PC is if they're relying on uh, was it someone else to port it or whatever, and then yeah, of course X Seed. So X Seed um, or Axis or Nice I, America. I, I wonder. I wonder if X Seed will continue to like uh, like localize really like older Falcom titles. Like, does it make I, sense to keep on doing it? That's a good question. It? I feel like now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm under the impression that Zway One was based off of the fan translation for Zway One that was released. I mean, a lot of XC games have been. I don't. I, so probably, I would not I know be surprised if it was. A, I all. I know they always do at least a few more editing passes. They do change things up from the fan translations, but I, I could be completely wrong. But I feel I want to say that it seems like Zway One came because there was already a fan translation they could work off of. I'm not probably. sure about I mean, other that's, games. That's, but, that's yeah. kind of the thing. That would I, make I sense. That there are some PC games that are available in English legally uh, through a, like a Falcom site where I think it's yeah. like maybe Sosarian, I think, or Vantage Master or Lone Monarch. I forget I forget which ones uh, were free. But, I mean, they're, they're definitely available there, so that there's some of them. But, you know, like Sosarian, there's, there's like multiple entries for that. There's different brandage games that are still there. Vantage Master's got some other ones, too. So there's definitely games that they could still be focusing on. Oh, yeah, they could time. they could uh, bring over like a PC port of Brandish and, uh, yeah. because they I mean, put that out. Brandish 2 got a Brandish 2 got a fan translation recently. Yeah, the Planet so. Buster. Yeah, that, that definitely did. I mean, then you've got the other Legend Heroes games, of course. 
uh, Xanadu, uh, Legend of Xanadu uh, has got uh, multiple games that totally could come over. Like Legend of Xanadu 2, I keep seeing the art for that looks amazing. So I'd love to see more of that. But yeah, you've this got, is like, probably the older Legend Heroes games that were localized by Bandai Namco, but Exceed could mix them up a little bit, maybe. I don't know. This is probably a good time to mention that Exceed's programmers, one of them, Sarah, uh, kind of casually mentioned just on her personal Twitter that one she still is looking at some of the games that Exceed has already released and like updating them. For example, making Zoey 2 work in 60 frames per second is something she wanted to do. And another thing is like put the voices, English voices, back into uh, East South of Oath and Falgana, um, and a couple other things. And she's added though she's the one who added the things like uh, the turbo mode to uh, Trails in the Sky, yes. all those games. So I, I just think that's kind of cool how like. You know, it's almost like a personal project on on some of the XC parts. It's like, hey, I, yeah. I feel like I can make these games better than they are, so yeah, why not? Yeah, there's, there's so much stuff they could be working <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, Sarah there's definitely other, deserves. Uh, there's other Dragon Slayer games they could be doing. So, I mean, if the only thing is that it's it'd be kind of disappointing if for XC it's that since Nice America seems to be sort of. I hate to see it taken over, um, for lack of a better way to put it, but uh, that they, they that Falcon might be warming up to NS America, even despite what's happened. We've got a few days. We'll find out in a few days. But um, if Exceed, if they're going to be focusing more on their backlog, that's not completely a bad thing because there's a lot. So, I mean, there, there's also Access too, right? Because Access yeah. uh, took care of Tokyo, Tokyo Zanadu. So, I mean, they're, they're not the only two players in Falcom. Access only circle. done Tokyo Zanadu, so I don't know if, if they're necessarily... Nisa Maker's only done on East 8, so... Yeah, <laughs> but Nisa America, it's, there's a much stronger connection there. I mean, there, there's interviews talking about how, how they put their trust in them. Access Games, I don't hear anything from Falcom regarding them, so it's tough to say whether they'll stick with them as a partner. Uh, or if maybe we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk more about this. We'll probably talk more about this later, but I do think it's kind of neat. Um, Falcom does this. I know Atlas has done this a couple times as well, where like Exceed held a stream this Friday. Yeah. Uh, this is for uh, Trails of the Cold Seal too. And like the PC version. Yeah, the, yeah. We'll talk about that, I guess, later maybe. But um, well, we could just talk about it right uh, now. I yeah. Mean, just, I mean. Know, we just just mentioned it, man. Go ahead. Well, anyways, what I was going to mention is Falcom, just their official Twitter. Like, they, their Twitter is pretty casual. Like, every morning they do, like, a good morning tweet with one of their characters or whatever. Um, and they just kind of, like, actually, like, mentioned, you know, Exceed held this stream and it was super fun and, you know, some Japanese emoji type of thing. I just think that's kind of cool to see Falcom do that. Yeah. I mean, they've also <laughs> retweeted articles that us, that we've done and other sites have done, too. So, they're definitely paying attention to the western press as they should because obviously i assume a lot of their money comes from the west compared to japan where they got way more competition for their type of games so uh it's and, and the news out of all this is from that stream is that the pc version of trails of cold steel 2 is coming february 14th valentine's day. day presents baby uh that's the day before like secret amana I think. Yeah, it, so. the, the, there's a really cool thing. Uh, Durante is working on this uh, as well. You know, it has it has the what did you ex- you'd expect the turbo mode, the yeah. graphical enhancements, and the 4K, and it ha- now it has ultra wide uh, screen support. And the uh, the neat thing about this also is he is he inc- he included um, a way so as soon as you hit play uh, on that uh, on from the Steam launcher, it'll automatically like, boot into like your last saved like oh, a suspend mode. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Cool yeah, song. and there's a video of it he posted a few weeks back, and it's really, really quick. It's actually kind of insane. Um, yeah. I am very happy. So it's a weird cool. hibernation mode. That's sweet. I lo- Man, he's doing some great work. Hats off to Durante. He's, he's been a, a very big help for, this, for the scene for many years, especially like starting for like Dark Souls on PC. <laughs> that was a – what a mess. Um, and everything he basically – yeah, I mean he made a big name for himself early on. I mean – 
might be a little much to say, but I definitely feel like Dark Souls would not have gotten as popular on PC as it did if it wasn't for DS Fix coming no, out basically when the game came out. Yeah. I mean, especially considering like that was still like the games for Windows days, boy. Oh, oh man, I, I forgot that was games for Windows, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Almost had to shut down the servers, they had to, they had to rescue it. And uh, the servers are still shutting down. Uh, it was a Demon Souls actually is shutting down a couple months. Dark Souls, I think, is still okay. Am, am I wrong? Yeah, it's still, um, it's still, it's still They okay. eventually did a patch for Dark Souls like a few years down the line where they transitioned it to uh, Steamworks. Oh, oh so. I know that. I meant, I meant like servers as of today. I'm sorry. Uh, just to be clear, I, uh, Demon Souls is shutting down soon, right? Yeah. You said oh, that. Yeah, in a couple months. Yeah, yeah. at the end of if, is it the end of November? Excuse me, end of February or end of March that they're shutting. Down? Something like that. Yeah, I think yeah. it's probably maybe February, but because uh, I think we're saying like it's a month before, so maybe they could announce something. But uh, yeah, in any case, uh, as Josh just mentioned, that was the news bit we were going to get to, but we could just say it. Chelsea Code Steel Two after PC on February 14. So uh, they said it was going to come shortly after the Chelsea Code Steel One. So. The fact that it's got turbo mode, perfect. Now I can finally play that game because <laughs> I've yet to only I've only played like a few hours. Uh, considering I reviewed the first game, I should really get around to it. So um, that'll be a good time because not long after that, there's going to be a bunch of games in February. Uh, but then we're getting slowly into that little slower period uh, in March and April. So I guess we'll find out. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, Demon Souls is shut down on February twenty eighth. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. I knew it was soon. February. Yeah, yeah I figured it was the end of February because I think people were talking about how like they have a gap that they could just in time for a Demon Souls remaster. Right. Yep. Uh, thought right. that was going to be announced at PSX, but now we've just got you that mean Dark Souls? Okay. That mysterious. Uh, <laughs> Do they no, still Demon have Souls? Because they, they I, I was joking. But, yeah, uh, and they still got that mysterious uh, from software teaser, but we don't know. I still that. think it's Bloodborne too. Probably. Uh, but we'll find out. Uh, and cheap armored core. I uh, but I, I, I or actually I think wasn't it like uh, Keen's what's it Kings, Kingsfield? 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 Yeah, I think people are, I think it's like it might be Kingsfield because it's it's got you know skeletons. That make no sense. Demon Souls is basically Kingsfield except I've, not yeah. first person. But I like it. <laughs> it's funny. I've heard so or many Shadow, people say uh, Odyssey, first... Shadow Tower, whatever. It was. It's funny, I've heard so many different people say different things for that freaking teaser. It's like, oh, it's definitely going to be Bloodborne tune. Oh, no, it's going to be a new Tenchu. Oh, no, it's going to be uh, it's actually gonna, it's, it's actually It's actually the final Evangelion film. Yeah, oh, oh my god, fucking yeah. idiot. Finally, get off the fucking Godzilla to make the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, and finally get Zach's pre-order finally No, that was, that was funny. Like, I pre-ordered yeah, the second movie, and I got it like, what, like 14, 15 months after. Actually, it was like two years almost after. I got <laughs> oh, my god. That was ridiculous. Thank you, Funimation. But um Oh man, I that reminds me, I pre ordered like the Skullgirls Limited Run Games release over a year ago and I think they're finally gonna be shipping yes, out like just said it, next yeah. month. Oh, Congrats, James, oh. you're gonna finally get your Skullgirls. 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 I've got a speech impediment, thank you. So Josh G R R L now so obviously uh we we're gonna talk about the other game too, but um you were able to try out the new Shimagami Tensei mobile game that just got released. Yeah. That was announced a while back, but they did after a delay. I think there was they finally released it. DX2 Shimagami Tensei Liberation. Uh, heard some decent things about. Actually, I think it's, it just passed a million downloads almost immediately. But how's that been treating you? It's it's a weird defi- divisive thing. I, I I kind of like have two minds about it. Um, so this is uh, not from Atlas themselves. This is from Sega. Yeah. Uh, using the Shimagami Tensei property. And th- this uh, definitely takes on like the same like kind of a similar vibe to Soul Hackers that was uh, back in the Saturn and uh, got like a 3DS 
uh, remake. So it's kind of like a more, uh, it's a modern day uh, Shin Megami Tensei game. N- nobody, like, everyone's still alive. There's like a, some weird apocalypse, but it's, uh, it kind of carries that same vibe, not only for Soul Hackers, but also Devil Survivor, because you use like your phone as your actual, you know, devil device uh, in this. Um, the, the DX2 is like, the stands for like Devil Download. Um, so, the, of course, the the thing that people gravitated to, towards uh, right away when they went into this is like, oh, how are there's a there's a new mobile game? How are the how are the rates? You know, for the, obviously the the Gachapon poll, and so right away you you see horrendous fucking rates. You see like for you know, the the five star like awesome demons like uh, Lucifer and whatnot. I think Mara as well. Um, they have like a 0.5 percent chance uh, to to pull them, and and they're pretty un- they're very unforgiving about like giving you the premium currency for after the tutorial tutorials in it. Like they give you like enough for like one a uh, one roll on it, and then like for the pre registration rewards and like the sorry maintenances maintenances like things like you can you can only pull it like out, just without spending money. It's probably like f- a few times, like maybe five times, and so. Uh, and then uh, so forth. You have five percent of four stars. Uh, the rest three stars, and whatnot. And I think it's. I, I would be a lot less like down on this, if I'm weren't for like the because they implement the fusion system as as well in this. Like in other, Shin Megami Tensei games, you can um, go talk to demons, negotiate with them. It's it's fairly simplistic. Yeah. Uh, in this um, version, you kind of, like there's a few there's a few dialogue options, and it's like okay, I'll join your team or whatever. Um, the really fucked up thing about that is there's actually this in-game item that you can purchase with real money, called, like it's called like a blood pact, um, where you can like present it to a demon and then like just bypass the whole negotiation thing for them to join you right away. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. yeah. Win, baby. A preview of uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if that's, uh, if that's all single player, fine. But if board loot crates, <laughs> so so anyway, like, but you, any demon you can talk to, uh, and anyone you can like uh, pull from the gacha thing, like you can fuse together. So the the whole the whole mentality behind you know the the low uh, star rate is you can eventually build up like your own four star five star demons with enough grinding and time because after you uh, level a demon up all the way, you just uh, uh, merge it with another monster of an equal star rating to uh, upgrade their stars so like say this two star jack frost if i um if i level it up all the way and i put like a two star like uh pyro jack on it it'll pick it to a three star uh demon so if you do that enough times of course it'll turn to a five star you know but that that takes a lot of time and grinding and whatnot and you know there's a stamina system in this game that I haven't gotten to the point yet where it's like a, a big hindrance because of you know like in any mobile game you you level up enough times you'll be swimming in stamina until you get to the breaking off point of like oh I can't actually level up enough to like refill it again and again. So, but I've heard from like you know friends who've uh, spent more time with it is like the the stamina limits do get a little bit uh, weird because there's another system in the game where there's like an actual really neat like first person dungeon. That you can do like uh, several times in a like 24-hour period, but the the weird thing is that you're kind of blocked off by how many tiles you can move in it, and um, every time like you move in it, I think it consumes stamina. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. exactly, Boy. but like so this, every time you move in this, this, garbage. <laughs> this is truly like wait, did Soul Hackers have that kind of? 
with the just, with the magnetite or whatever they called it. Or am I thinking of something else? I, I think you might be the, thinking about like the the rates at which you encounter things uh, in it because you, you never you never spent like resources to like move a tile in in Soul Hackers. I don't believe. I could be wrong. I remember there was that there was that currency. The is it Magna? God, I'm gonna look this up. I don't remember what it's called. I, I remember like I, it being. It sounds familiar, and I, I'm, try, I'm trying to think if it was the, the encounter rate items. Maybe not, but either way, that's like a, that's like a farming spot. That's like actually a cool thing aesthetically, but whatever. And, and like the whole premise of this whole thing is, as like I said, soul hackers is you're basically this uh, liberators faction uh, trying to take down this acolyte faction. Uh, so it's a lot of um, dueling with other um, people who use demons, like on the streets of Tokyo, uh, with your demons. And the, and the battle system is a lot as your familiar Preston system of, you know, you hit weaknesses to like. This one is weird because it like consumes half a turn when you hit a weakness uh, in it, and then so it doesn't. You don't gain an extra turn. You just spend less of a turn. Uh, That's a little bit about like nocturne. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more in that wake. Um, but it's it's a very diluted version of the press turn system because it's it's more straightforward. But you you do get to like deploy like four demons of your own. Um, and there, there's a weird limitation to it. Is um, there are certain demons that won't uh, that refuse to like work in a party together because of their factions or alignments. So you could like have an awesome like pool in the gacha and like say, oh, can I put this in my party? Oh no, it doesn't play well with like my other high level demon. Fuck, so I have to like separate them. Uh, and and there's another weird thing when you pull uh, a demon from up from the gacha is like it kind of like rolls through does an additional roll for like two uh, other skills so it has three base skills and then two other skills that it kind of rolls for one is like locked until you I think level them up to a certain point and another is there so it's either like a random passive or even or, and maybe active skill so you could like roll like say a really good demon and just by some shady luck they could like have some like additional additional skills that like aren't really working out for them, it's it's so fucking weird and honestly probably very bad. Okay, I just looked this up because I was curious. Mm-hmm. Yes, in Soul Hackers, there's the currency magnetite, which costs a certain amount of magnetite per step depending on what demons you have in your party, and it's also used to summon demons and also heal yourself. <laughs> so oh, it's, okay, yeah, this that is actually, truly sounds a little bit like four. four. This is this is truly Soul Hackers, yeah, in a mobile game. <laughs> So uh, I was just wondering, uh, since this is the first Atlas game to be developed by Sega since they took uh, control of Atlas, uh, what what's your feeling about the this going forward? Like, do you think it was a good purchase? Do you think that Sega's doing right by them? I, I, I think, think, think Sega doing. I think Sega's doing a fine job with Atlas. You see a lot more marketing for people. the. Yeah, I mean, Index did a fucking shitty job marketing. Yeah. Uh, you know, Atlas's products. Got caught up with, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's a, a great partnership, and you know, I, I mean, it, it it allows Atlas to like flex their branding in like uh, weird and unconventional ways that like you know people who aren't into their series start can start getting into like the dancing all night games you know that's like the Project Diva games and a lot of people who don't who aren't really into hardcore into Persona like those games because they have really great soundtracks so if you're there for the music uh, they, they go to the gravitate towards that so I you think it, that it, this game is like going to be for people that don't like regular Shimigami dancing. I, 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 I don't know who this is for yet, uh, honestly. I, I just have a really bad first impression of it. I, I'll, I'll keep on like kind of glancing at it, and but I, I don't know. I, I wonder if they have like an easy mode for Americans where all the gadget rates are raised exponentially. No, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I just um, wishful thinking. 
I, I know this will. Uh, they already said this will eventually get a worldwide release, but there's no like set date on like the English version of this. I, I know it'll get. I know it's coming out shortly soon, like in the Southeast Asia regions. I'm not exactly sure where, but I, I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll give it like another look at the English version and see because I know there's also like if there's if there's anything in a like a like a mobile game that turns me off, it's like a some sort of PVP. Thing that yeah, ranking system that you have to like uh, keep up with as well. Like arenas and stuff. Yeah, like, like to get goodies and like I know this uh, game has it and it's so. It, it's it's a big big time commitment. And I think it'd be I think it's a fascinating game if it like stripped out all the gotcha like free to play mobile game elements out of it because I actually think like you know like the character designs, uh, and also like the the way like the the story's unfolding, like that that's all seems cool. I really like the like the presentation the aesthetics of it. Do you but, like the phone kind of yeah, utilization but, of the phone? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like your your phone's like a demon terminal, you know, and it has a, it has a slick presentation. But surprised that's not been used. Like it, I'm not, I don't know if they've done that yet. Have they? Uh, they've done it. Double Survivor. I know there was like um, I, don't, I forgot if it was a three DS or DS as your summoning device. Um, yeah, and also you have like a, an SMT. Uh, like two and like four yeah like these terminals on your hand that's like if it wasn't a cell phone it might as well be a cell phone oh you know? what was it they used in soul hackers it was basically a phone wasn't it it was a gun thing <laughs> oh yeah it was like the, yeah it was the fucking go, uh, like gun shaped thing that like unfolded like kind of like a Yu-Gi-Oh disc device uh, the uh, terminal okay. yeah it was fucking wild that's that was weird. real cool. what's that saturn Teens. shin megami tensei game that never came out that was uh, devil, devil survivor, survivor or not right? devil no, Summoner? Yeah, Summoner, yeah. The original Double Summoner. Summ- yeah. Survivor is the DS 3DS. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Christmas Day of all I'm days. surprised that never came out. Like, I know that there's, like, other Shin Megami games that, that everything's gotten a remake or most of the games have gotten a remake, but that Saturn game has pretty much been, like, it's been remade, but it's not been remastered. Yeah, the PSP version, and that didn't come out either, so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh... But you know what deserves a remake? Those Raido Kazunaha games. Oh yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I have I still have the second one in the box with the uh, Raido. Raido. It's but one I, of the best SMT games. Yeah, <laughs> I still I, I keep like get, I getting far into it and then I get stopped and then I keep trying over and over to keep playing. But it's like that game is just like it's hard to like get into that game because it gets it's pretty slow at times and it, it has there's a lot of running around and i will say this kind of like smt4 almost if you put if you put um rido 2 down and try to come back to it like two months later you'll have no idea where to go like, what am yeah. i doing yeah that's what i that's the problem i have with rido 1 is that i kept uh stopping and then i'd have to go back and like i don't remember where i am okay it's time to start over and i just have to keep doing that because even though it's like a uh, a way to like see like journal entries or the equivalent for what happened. It's like you're not getting the same experience. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on because we got a lot less, a lot more to talk about. And uh, honestly, I could, I'm sure you guys could be talking here about Shin Megami Tensei all day. But bottom line, um, change the podcast. Yeah, Open a little mixed reaction to that. Yeah, I I don't. It's it's already getting like a bashed like by the Japanese community. They're not so hot at it either because yeah. there's all a lot of other. Uh, mobile games that are a lot, you know, more forgiving right out of the gate. Well, yeah. just to bookend it, if they increase the rates, would that change your mind? Uh, no, because they just have this weird, like, there's still other like murky things about it. Like every time you log into the game, there's like pop-up ads, much like Dynasty Warriors oh, Unleashed. Sh- say, okay, hey, that's you no. should 
You should really no. get these packs. Yeah. No, I, push notifications. I, I hate, I hate that. No, it's not even push notifications. It's, it's in-game notifications you can't turn off. Okay. I'm not yep. gonna play this game, even if it yeah, the, 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 I mean, yeah, that, that's I already. That. I'd probably play it once just to get the experience and then shut it off immediately. Uh, uh, it it does a really really like disgusting thing where my friend uh, actually like you know purchased like you know the eight dollar like you know beginners pack or whatever just to get some currency and then like right as he like he purchased it they already try and like push on like hey no do you do I think you actually want the thirty dollar package it's like oh mm, no, man, what the fuck what the fuck are you doing. <laughs> Losing a sale here. Yeah, that sounds like shit. Okay, that's I'm I'm going to skip that yeah. first time. Okay, yeah, don't don't do uh, it. For me, this is I mean, why I ignore. Uh, it's been it's been <laughs> all right. I mean, there's I haven't yet to try. There's apparently there was another uh, Square Enix mobile game that came out. I'm going to be trying that out pretty soon. Here, it came out in Japan, but uh, for mobile games, because that's kind of been my thing. Uh, I well, I found out Tales of Link is going to be shutting down at the end of March, apparently. Uh, because Tales of the Rays kind of took over as far as the Tales fans finding something fun to play. It's actually uh, a Tales game. Tales of Link was alright. Uh, it was it could have been better, but I thought that the combat system was kind of fun because the way it works is that so you've got a uh, just think of it like on a 2D plane. you got characters on the left and characters on the right, kind of like you know, the classic Final Fantasy, but reversed uh, as far as where direction you're standing from. Uh, but on the left side where your players are, there's a grid 3x3 and they're all characters, so you've got nine like members total. Uh, and the way it works is that you're supposed to draw <laughs> patterns uh, of characters that are connected, so you can go like, you know, just go like, uh, starting from the top, draw on the outside and move your way inward. You can draw like diagonally down, uh, or you can go like just straight up in like an L shape or something like that, just to kind of clear it out. And every time you used a character, new ones would come in. Uh, and so it was a great way to kind of, you know, show off like it, it, was a, it was a fun addictive game in that sense because the combat system was so unique uh and uh you would be able to you know really have all your party members participate as opposed to you know find three or four and just stick to them and have everyone else suffer pretty much unless you want to use items on them to level them up so uh, i really enjoyed that and it was kind of interesting as well because they all had a lot of original characters that they put in that game uh that you they had like their own backstories and everything so that was i thought that was pretty neat uh, to be fair, I haven't played it in a number of months, and so I wasn't uh, too surprised when I heard the news. Uh, but I will say, after playing Tells the Rays, uh, which is the new mobile game that, uh, quote-unquote new, uh, it was localized last summer, uh, came out in Japan, I think, a year ago. Uh, basically, it, it looks and plays a lot like a late PS2-era Tales game. Kind of like Tales of the Abyss, sort of, uh, in yeah. that you've got... Uh, but it, it's a little more limited than that, of course. You've got a hub, as you expect, where you can see party members, you can talk to them, take on quests from them, and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, it's got the gotcha system, obviously, so you can roll for new characters that are from like the Tale series. So all the way back from Tales of Destiny and Tales of Fantasia onward, uh, you can recruit characters all the way up to the new ones uh, with Berseria and Tisteria. So, uh, but when you get into the actual field, like the, it's kind of basic to, in order to the, like the, the roaming bit, because you're basically going from point A to point B and sort of corridor maps to get to that point. So a lot of the time I just hit auto and he just runs for me. And along the way you get into encounters and the way that the combat works straight up, like, you know, those, those games of that era, like Tales of Sephronia, Tales of the Abyss, like I mentioned, and that, um, you tap, uh, the screen to attack and then you swipe different directions in order to use the arts. 
and you know you can there's a lot of different arts to unlock you level up characters and all that stuff and like i said you can bring in different party members from the the series to fight alongside you like right away you get yuri uh from tales of vesperia uh right in the first mission so he joins your party um i forget who's the main character from Sisteria. uh sorry sorry yeah i got it i got yeah. like a uh like a I don't know what the, I forget what the class, what they call it. It's probably like SSR or some shit, you know, they're, they're super rare. Uh, I got a rainbow shell character of him. Uh, so I got like a high class version of him. So uh, that was a good way can to make Master Moon. Huh? Sorry. So you can make a Master Moon. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Chrono Cross uh, and their yeah, rainbow really shell. Stuff. It's like a, it's like a, a marble anyway. Um, oh, okay. But it's, uh, it's, it's kind of neat. I, I like, I'm digging it already. As someone who barely plays the Tales games, um, like I mentioned, I've, I reviewed Legendia for the site. I beat Creates F. That's about it. <laughs> That's my experience as far as I, I, beating Tales yeah. games. I vaguely remember when I tried out Tales of the Rays like a you know, Japanese version when it first launched. Like yeah. it did some of this weird like uh, screen interface. Like you know, if you depending on where you tap, like the left or right side of the screen, it'll do different shit. I don't know. I mean, if if they've done that, they haven't introduced that to me yet because I've only played about an hour of it. Um, okay. For the most part, it seems like mostly I'm just tapping the screen, swiping, uh, and and like you can, of course, like in the other mobile games, you can have uh, a friend or a stranger join you alongside of it. But their only involvement, they're not like in the battle with you. It's that you can use their special ability, which you know they have like their portrait at the bottom right. You swipe up on it and you use their special move. You know the high class art, whatever I forget what they call them, but like the the special ability where they have the their cut with their portrait uh, cuts into the scene itself, and mm-hmm. they start just blasting people away. You can only use it once though in the entire um, mission that you're doing, so you obviously want to save that for the boss battle. But, you know, it's got full voice acting. It's got animated cutscenes in there uh, that I noticed uh, from the new, uh, from with some original characters that are in there. So they got their own animated scenes with the characters from the uh, old Tales games as well, voiced from the original voice acting. Is it, is, it is it voiced in English in the international version? No, it's or Japanese. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of neat that way if you're, if you're kind of that, if you enjoy Japanese voice work on your English. Animated in the sense that it's like uh, 3D graphics or anime in the sense that it's like anime? No, anime. Uh, so okay. uh, not, yeah, not, it's not CG. If that's what you're asking, they don't do CG yeah. Tales games. Uh, it's well, I meant like uh, you know, I meant more like you know, like how the openings of Tales games had that uh, anime style. Oh, look. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's anime. I mean, that's why this isn't surprising at all. Every single Tales game has like anime yeah. stuff, anime cutscenes. <laughs> Every Tales game is you yeah, know exactly. It's, it's just the fact that expect. it's got that with the original characters uh, with the other ones. I mean, obviously there are definitely games that have never been localized, like Tales of Innocence, and they got characters in that, so it'd be impossible to have English voice acting for that stuff. And uh, the original um, Tales of Destiny Two <laughs> never got, or is it Tales of Eternia? Yeah. Uh, no, Tales of Eternia is the PSP game that... Uh, Tales of Eternia is not Tales of Destiny 2. It was yeah. called Tales of Destiny 2. No, but yeah, when no, we got I, it, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to confuse the two. I'm just yeah. throwing out titles. There's that Tales of right. Hearts. Yeah. Tales of Destiny <laughs> 2, which was yeah, was uh, re, uh, was actually Tales of Eternia in Japan, was localized as Tales of Destiny 2. Uh, that means we never got the actual Tales of Eternia. So that was... I assume the, the actual Tales of Destiny 2. No, that we do yeah, the PS2 remake, which would have been sweet to have um, the Tales of Destiny remakes. So yeah, yeah there's it's... translations going on, but that's about it. Yeah, fan translations, but that's well, yeah. what. What is really funny about Tales of the Rays is like Bandai Namco just finally gave in. Like after like uh, giving like uh, Idol Master DLC outfits in like the PS3 that's games, right. they 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 just did a full on collaboration with the Idol Master itself in Tales of the Rays, and like you can actually have like the fucking like several of the idols from that uh, those uh, that series just participate in battle. 
and fucking just do like AOE like singing attacks. It's like okay, yeah, let's go all Tokyo the way. Mirage sessions. <laughs> yes, there you go. It's kind of crazy to think that just a decade ago, Idol Master on the Xbox 360 was a thing. <laughs> now it's just yeah, it's it's like it's it could be further away from that stuff. But yeah, um, like I said, Tales of the Race, kind of fun. I'd recommend it. It's 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 neat, uh, and that obviously it's free to play. Our, and the rates seem to be okay. Uh, you know, they have events going on all the time, so uh, I think I'll stick with that. Uh, and you know, the other mobile games that I've been playing, as always, uh, uh, trying out that Azure Lane after um, Kite did some coverage on that, Cosmo did some coverage on that, so we we've, we've been having some fun with that. Um, and obviously, I also for the site I covered Lost Sphere, which is uh, Tokyo RPG Factory's follow-up to I Am Satsuna. It's basically a sequel. Uh, which you know, I guess you can make the argument that it doesn't is it a have uh, much of its uh, identity because of that, because uh, it's not. It, it feels like they're taking a lot of the elements from I Am Satsuna and bringing them over to this game. Uh, but I will say that. Uh, I really enjoy both of them. You know, it, it obviously it's it's within the context of someone like me who actually really likes those older games. Uh, grew up in that era, like most of us, if not all of us here, did. So, um, I, as someone who really appreciated that stuff, I, it you know it struck the same chord with me as it did as I am Sasuna did. I will say that um, it takes a little bit more uh, of a time to get rolling in, in Lost Sphere than it did in I am Sasuna because in I am Sasuna. Um, it kind of right off the bat, you find out uh, what the stakes are. Uh, in Lost Fear, it takes a bit, but when it does, it gets there. Uh, and it does the. Um, this is kind of a spoiler, but who cares? It does the thing where it's like, is this really the end? Because the credits rolled. Uh, it, but no, it keeps going. It's it's like the near automata kind of stuff too. It's like thank you, but keep playing. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna say if there's an actual like you know. Uh, Thank you by the developers, but it's it's definitely got the the thing where the game continues after the credits rolled. So uh, anyone who's playing it right now, keep playing after the credits are done. You'll you'll thank me about that. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it, it's got the a lot of the same combat system with some additions. It's actually got its own um, Magitek armor uh, version in it. It's got like you know uh, mechs that you can ride. Uh, you can become actually you become them. They're like you're jumping into the cockpit of a mech. Uh, they're not like huge or anything like that. They're basically just somewhat taller than the sprites on the ground because you like Xenogears almost. Uh, no, because Xenogears, it's uh, you, they're very noticeable when you're putting them next to like original enemy sprites. It's that in this, uh-huh. it's all top down. So think of it like being maybe ten, fifteen feet tall. That's 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 about the the, the height of it. Uh, and yeah, it's it's neat. The soundtrack is more varied, but it's got the same sort of charming, nostalgic feel to it. Uh, you know, if you, you've got an idea like in your head about the PS1 or SNES uh, type of music, that's definitely the same type of style, but obviously done with, uh, you know, uh, modern instruments and all. So uh, I, I, I dug that because even if I loved I Am Satsuna when they focused way uh, totally on piano music, I did appreciate the fact that they tried to be more varied this time around. Um and yeah, my review is up on the site. Uh, bottom line, like I said, it's it's definitely for the people that enjoyed games that era like I did. And and like I said, it's that I, I just didn't like it as much as I had Sasuna, and I think my score sort of reflected that. Uh, I will say uh, it's I, I need we need Tokyo RPG Factory to let this one go and go to something different because if they're supposed to be the throwback for that, uh, part of it seems a little bit too manufactured. Like right off of like a, a factory, like literally off right off of like a factory, <laughs> like a factory uh-huh. line of just like you know this is what we need, this is the template, throw it out there. 
Uh, I'd love to see them try something completely different next time, but, you know, who knows? It's hard to say whether Square Enix gives them that much uh, liberty to do that, so we'll see. Uh, any questions is about the game? I mean, yeah, is the, you, when you say it's a sequel, is it like a, a, like the, a storyline follow-up nope. to Iron Okay, No, definitely not. It's new, I'm sorry, that's, that's misleading the way I put it like that. It's original characters, original story, everything's original in this game except for the design the mechanics the design everything it's got the sprit knights which is the uh it's kind of like the material almost and that oh uh, yeah so it's like, kind of like a like a car, more the same system in yes i am okay. a lot of most almost all the same systems uh they okay. do add some new stuff in there and, and they play up uh the sprit knights the way you can equip them especially like you can use them for counterattacks. so like if you have something in a certain slot it's like if you get hit by a certain type of attack, you counter with this, so you can defend yourself that way. So there's there's definitely more depth to it, uh, for sure. Uh, it's just the fact that uh, you know it's it's still got the same sort of Chrono Trigger style combat system, you know, with the combo attacks mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, they just, just uh, they just added some additional depth to it, like I mentioned, a little more customization. Uh, the characters are a little more interesting than. Uh, uh, a little more interesting than I Am Satsuna was. Uh, I don't know if the writing's better, though. I think, actually, it might be a little... Uh, maybe a tiny step down from I Am Satsuna's writing, but it's all about the same. And, like I said, it's just that I, I wish... I want them to go bold next time, because I feel like if they do this again for the... No, they game, can't do this again. No yeah, way. <laughs> I'm going to probably feel... Uh, I'm giving them... Uh, maybe them. Uh, maybe I gave them a little too much, uh, you know, leeway in, in this design, but... Uh, I still really enjoyed Lost Fears, so I'm not going to say that I'm trying to, you know, give them like a sympathy mm -hmm. <laughs> review or something like that. It's right. like I, I legitimately really enjoyed it. Uh, I just hope that, yeah, third game, uh, it's, it's you know, make it or break it. They have to do this. Otherwise, it just feels like, you know, Square Enix is just giving them like a couple grand and just have it. Yeah, I, I mean, of course, it's it's also it's also a tough sell, but like it's a high price point off the gate for people too. That's uh, uh, It's hard to like, because uh, obviously to everyone, price is different that's why I yeah. don't necessarily always factor that in because you know people argue that you know for example the witness was 40 bucks and like no it's an indie game it can't be 40 it's 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 that type of argument that's difficult um uh but obviously it being 50 dollars uh, which is tough because uh there are definitely some great indie games that are half the price that are uh amazing as well lost fear is about 20 to 30 hours so i, I can't okay. say that it's like a short game uh so it's not like it's like you know a few hours you beat it you're done like say yamawari was which is not an rpg but you can beat it about four or five hours um but uh, for lost fear yeah uh 50 bucks is, is, a, is a big ask uh and i don't know maybe they're still trying to feel it out and see what they can do it's at this point though i don't know i i i have a hard time trying to make an argument for for a game at a price point because everyone approaches that stuff differently and yeah of course kind of, you can feel kind of weird saying you know this can't be this much it's like well what happens if another game comes along and call of duty is only four hours long and then you know you're paying 60 bucks for that so it, it's yeah it's, 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 not, it's not this yeah it's not to say that it can't be that price it's just at, at, at the current climate right now especially you know relative to, like you know the other big releases it, 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 it's just a tough price point to sell like right off the gate of course as a as the months come along and maybe get price drops, hopefully more people 
give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, it, I will say the the character models are more detailed. It's kind of like the Fire Emblem uh, Awakening to the Fire Emblem Fates is that they've got feet now <laughs> as opposed to like. Oh, okay. Stumps. Well, there you go. So that's like there's definitely more detail in the models, but like I, I hope that the next game they put out is you know it could be like the Zway thing. You know, they have straight up have like cel shaded models. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see them do. Uh, uh, if they're going to continue to do throwback styles, like start to grow it a little bit more, maybe um, sort of like the Final Fantasy IX style of it, like sort of, you know, still chibi spreads, but more uh, bigger, you know, bigger ones that are uh, instead of the top down perspective, uh, more like the traditional RPG from the PlayStation 1 era. That'd be great. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see, though. What was that like? Yes, one. Like pre rendered backgrounds, damn it. Okay. That's what I want. All right. Come on, Josh, you know me. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So let's let's actually. Uh, I just wanted to kind of brief aside about that. But yeah, um, sure. We got we got plenty of games that we're currently working on, and we'll have coverage uh, in the coming weeks for that stuff. But yeah, now let's talk about the big game that we've been all playing, except for I think Adam Sadix. <laughs> uh, Monster Hunter World. Uh, that's that's been big on social media, which is exciting to see. It's, it seems, it like, seems like a worldwide like phenomenon yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah people like saying like, yeah, all these pictures of cute cats and stuff makes me want to play it. I'm going to go buy it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the game that's designed to be the most accessible, and so um, it's it's great to see that it's, it's getting so much excitement around it. It feels like the, leading up to this, especially with the beta test, which was smart on Capcom to do as many as they did, uh, now we've got Monster in the World that came out yesterday. So now it's time for James to talk. So, of course, you uh, reviewed it for the site. You've been doing a lot of guide yep. work for that as well. So that's kind of consumed your free time, I'm sure. Oh, so, gosh. Uh, I'm not the only one doing guides. Right uh, we have a few people working on guides, like uh, Kazuma's doing some and Alex is doing some. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's been very busy. Last week was last week on the Tetracast has been hell because um, at that point I had had the game for about a week. And I, everyone was talking about the beta, and I couldn't say a damn word because of embargo. You kind of talked about, oh yeah, word on the sheet. I've seen some streams going around, and I have to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I little bird told it, me it's tough. It's tough. I feel you the same way. Like on the when you were you were talking about Xenoblade, I couldn't say anything about that. But yeah, tell me about um, Monster Hunter World. I put like at least. 12 hours oh. in it right now i've put way too much time into it in the last like two weeks um to put in perspective uh in my review i said that i had put over 80 hours before the review went live I, a, a correction by the time that review had gone live i was just under 100 hours i'm at 130 hours now god mm-hmm. so much time is it a good so, game it's a good game <laughs> it doesn't have as much. I said in my review that like there isn't as much content in this game compared to other Monster Hunter games, but it makes sense because ever since, well, pretty much the, the series started on PS2, they've been using more or less the same assets for a lot of reused monsters. And it's since they went to the PSP, they were able to reuse a lot of assets. 3DS, they were able to reuse the PSP assets. It's just this is the first time since maybe try that they've had to actually make new assets for a lot of things, and it really is a big jump. Yes, the uh, seamless loading. There's like no. There are different zones in the uh, maps, but there's no loading between them, and just the density of the world. Like they're big maps, but there's so much packed in them. It's kind of insane. Yeah, I love the density of the environment, and I like the vertic- uh, verticality of it too. Like, it's just there's some really great level design uh, as you pursue uh, through the pursuit of monsters. You know, you can end up like in different environments, 
um even though you ran like the same monster like you know three four times and then like uh, on the fifth time they could go to some rocky place in the ancient forest it's like i've never really fought you in this place before so this is kind of new territory for me too yeah and the combat so much more i guess I'm not sure fluid's the right word for it, but the way that it kind of meshes together and how you have now you you have slopes now and there's specific attack yeah, two analog sticks, possible. reliable analog sticks oh, at your yeah. disposal. Not the not the crane hand, whatever. When you had to like rotate with the analog stick on the left on the PSP and move the camera with the D pad, it was shit. The claw. I, I mean, this is my veteran speaking, but I actually really like that. But I do understand <laughs> that it was a necessary that this is a necessary evil that they have to have dual analog controls for the people that aren't already into that. Um, but uh, like yeah, I've been really. You, you, it sounds it sounds like instead of you like that, it's more like you put up with it. Is what I is what I would say. <laughs> I mean, we played Fight Night Champion, and how often did we use the dual analog system? Silent. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's know. exactly what it is. But yeah. um, but yeah. anyways, anyways, Zach would be able to answer if he cared. <laughs> such a good game. Such a good game. I'm just God. Okay, so so tell me, like, uh, obviously, I'm I haven't played Monster Hunter in quite a while. I really like just kind of the gradual pace that they teach you things. I think the tutorial stuff in this game is like it, it's very easy to like kind of digest. Uh, it's a lot at first. But like in your first three four hours of the game, kind of like learning like the flow of it, it it, it does definitely does like a, a good job, like getting yeah. unfamiliar people with the series. Kind of like oh okay, this is what kind of game it is. This is the flow of things, and then you kind of just keep on going and trucking along and, until everything kind of clicks together. It's like oh yeah. okay, like before I go up uh, on this quest, there's like two places I can like eat to get like pre buffs. I can like do it at the hub, or I can do it like at the starting camp, like yeah. right before I do the the I'd quest. Like I'd like to say it's definitely not perfect, but with the way Monster Hunter is and how much depth there is to the various systems that are kind of like interlocking, you, you can't make it really simple, but I feel like they've done the best job they could to make it more easily accessible to newcomers. Yeah. Like, uh, anyone that's played a Monster Hunter game, except for the slight changes to the armor, the armor skill system, if... If you've played a Monster Hunter, you're going to be going right in there, and there will be a few things that you're learning and I had to learn about, for example. But the newcomer experience, I feel like now, is probably the simplest it's ever been, even though it's probably one of the most complicated, if not the most complicated Monster Hunters that they've ever released. So it's going to be interesting to see. uh, It's going to be interesting. I, I just I just like that it just it just feels so streamlined. Like I know when I was hunting with friends, you know, people uh, a lot of them like uh, played a lot of Monster Hunters before this. You know, some of them kind of like are kind of iffy about like the on uh, like the UI up front, saying it feels a little bit clut- cluttered. But for me, I was like I, I actually really like the the UI as is right now because it, it gives me a lot of info on what I need at any time. Like you know the button prompts, obviously. And kind of, it just it just seems very intuitive on my end because I'm very unfamiliar with the interface these days. Yeah, and it's kind of like the last guardian in the sense that after you do a certain command, a, a decent amount of times, it just stops giving you the prompts. So it kind of can tell that you've learned how to do the thing. So it's like, okay, we're not going to be giving you these flashing reminders. And I think you can turn those off from the get go, anyways, if you want to. So. Yeah, I'm def- I definitely have no issues with the UI. Um, the big concern that I feel like I and pretty much everyone else has had is 
the multiplayer, which is honestly a bit of a step back from previous games. But it... What do you mean? Once you get, okay, so in the previous games, um, single-player and multiplayer were separate things, and they had separate progression. So you could do the village quests and proceed through the village story, and that progression would not have an effect on your multiplayer progression, but that meant that you could just hop right into multiplayer, not have to worry about any story nonsense. You were good. In Monster Hunter World, instead, everything is tied to the story progression, yeah. including multiplayer, which means that they have this really weird um, limitation, which even though there's a story and there's cutscenes and whatnot, it's just backwards, where you cannot join someone else's story quest until they have seen the cutscenes, and you cannot join that story quest until you've seen the cutscenes in that story quest as well. It's just, why? Uh, wow. uh, yeah, I know it, it's a it's a weird thing. I kind of wish they they kind of went the the Destiny route with this of like not uh, Destiny never ran to this problem. If you guys saw the same cutscene again, so what? Um, but in my circle, at least, it hasn't been like a super big problem because I feel this is a really big problem. If like if people were very committed to like co-oping the story like together, like that was like a, a blood pact between you and certain friends, and that kind of sucks. And we definitely had this, you know. We encountered this issue of like me and three other friends today were at the same spot, so uh, we had this uh, quest to take down the Anjanath, and then uh, to like you know three of them went in there. They saw the final cutscene, then they had to like back out and then go into mine because I was the last person who spotted the Anjanath, you know, for that cutscene, and then they finally go into mine. But then it would all progress the story together uh, from that on, so it count as a story progression. So you, like it, it sucks. Janky it, as all hell. Yes, it is. It is definitely janky as all hell. I feel like there there could be a, a better way to present um, like the online session IDs, like you know, different squads, because you have to like oh, be in God, the same the session, squads. yeah, in the oh, same God, session with your squad, squad to like invite them. <laughs> it, 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 that, that, that's it, it's a weird weird thing. It's also it's also a weird thing in that sense because as you know we've we've encountered it. It's like only uh. the squad leader can like invite people. They can't promote like the other people inside that squad to do take on their responsibilities so if you have a really do anything you can just like be okay i'm gonna make a session and anyone from my squad can immediately let's say pop into the game look for a squad session but that's it that's yeah, all it it's yeah stupid. it's it's a uh, it, like I can, I can understand like the streamlining design of it once you're in there but getting it all set up is like very very clunky yeah, yeah it should be more I mean, like the guilds of like mmrpgs where you can create like your own uh outfit like design like you can put like a little symbol on your uh armor that can tell you like okay i'm part of this uh squad or i'm part of this and uh you can have like your own design elements of like uh here's your uh squad uh quarters your housing you could do that you could... there's so much they could do well, like but uh, they're not. not an open world game so i mean or an mmo so i don't know if that would make i mean i feel like with the squad oh like, no i meant i meant more just like a way of like I'll be completely honest. I feel like Monster Hunter in a lot of ways is very similar to an MMO because you have these giant bosses, you have all this co-op, you have these grind. I mean, if it's not an MMO, it definitely appeals to a lot of the same people, yeah, for sure. Um, But that multiplayer thing, it it's so bad. I just don't know why they thought it was a good idea. I mean, honestly, so I've been playing with my friends. They got monster hunter and they've been going through it it almost completely turned them off from the game from the word go 
And if I hadn't already played through the game with the review copy and whatnot and had already gone through all of that, it might have been the tipping point to kind of push them away from the series for, like, who knows how long. So, I, 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 Like, on my circle of friends, like, we, we don't really, like... We we kind of we kind of understand like you know the game's limitations on that and like we're much more forgiving because like uh but once we got it all set up and you know there's a lot of like you know a good amount of people in our squad already it it feels fine because like once we, anyone has to like a quest they just post it up well then we'll all be there if another person has to do a quest and then with, with two or three other people yeah. higher rank you, you know it. yeah you, you get, get used, used to it. Be, yeah, like but you, it doesn't you can all, mean you can it's all any be less. Yeah, you can all be in the same place, like you know, the gathering hub too, and like meet them and do arm wrestling and really d- dumb, goofy shit there. And, like it, you feel like you you at least have like a sense of community in the game once you get everyone onboarded. But the the way to get there and set it up is it, it could be laid out a uh, uh, way way better, but it's it's not. But okay. but uh, and, and the actual sense of like like the the seamlessness of like getting stuff all uh, all set up and ready to go once you're already in that same session is perfectly smooth on our end like we, we, we like that aspect and it's also really nice um one thing i will say it's really nice about the drop and drop out multiplayer is i could be doing something on my quest and i'm not quite done but these other two people that i'm playing with on a session are done and that are in my party and they decide hey we're going to start this quest once you're done just hop in and i can do that and we'll all get the rewards and it just works out really nice and it's makes it the overall experience there's a lot less busy work even mm-hmm. though pretty much all of monster hunter is the busy work of grinding yeah. but it's just it feels so much better and it's what makes the whole um story cutscene thing so much more frustrating because they fix so much other thing other problems with the multiplayer and then this one big glaring issue the one thing that they really shouldn't have messed up just it makes it so much more obvious it, i really hope they it's, it's also it's also weird that you can, there's uh, there's a lot of unskippable cutscenes in this as well yeah that was weird like i uh for some reason um i got to the beginning of the game and i got to the point when you could uh change your weapon i got get your first weapon you know go to the chest mm-hmm. and grab your weapon yep. uh, i i turned off my ps4 uh, and then when it when i had to restart it it actually made me do the whole cutscene from the beginning of the town all over again and i thought oh like, yeah the, like, the, the it has really like janky like auto save states yeah, like checkpoints yeah yeah uh, because like uh let's say i i do some shit uh in town after i do a story thing if i want to join my um another session and i forget to like manually save it i have to redo all that shit in town again within uh, that uh, different session because it didn't count any of that and yeah that's that's also it, it's, a, it's a weird thing that it doesn't do like a hard lock like checkpoint after you confirm that you want to go join another one session so it's funny it too because if you choose to quit the game from the menu the options menu it'll ask if you want to save your game but if you <laughs> choose to go to another session says so anything that's not saved won't be recorded it's like well why if you're quitting the the session anyways before we load into that other session why not just say hey do you want us to save or just save us save it for us it's just the little things i mean it's amazing and i feel like it's doing a lot of things that are going to be bringing a lot of more a lot more people into this franchise and you're already seeing it but it's just well let me let me speak as someone who covered the token game so i haven't played for, uh, just to give some perspective on this, so um, the only Monster Hunter game I've ever played was the original PS2 one, and that was only for a little bit, so it was barely anything. But I did review Tokuden, um, 
Tokiden, what's the other, what's the Kiwami and Tokiden 2? Yeah, Kiwami and Tokiden 2. And so Age of Dreams or whatever? Uh, no, Age of Demons was the original name, it's just the subtitle. But oh, yeah, okay. um, so I covered those games, and so I already had plenty of experience with that. And then I come to Monster Hunter World, of course. I started playing it last night, played some of it more today. Um, and so I'm about maybe four or five hours into it you know um i'm i'm gone to do like investigation stuff like that i couldn't beat the baroth which is the people who played the beta it's the giant like rock di- uh dinosaur deal that's that's like really it has a really hard exterior really hard shell so i, I had difficulty and he just kept barreling me down and making me faint so i'm like okay clearly i'm not ready for this it, which, it's been funny watching people fighting the bear off for the first time it's it's never going to be as entertaining um, compared to how he was in Try, because in Monster Hunter Try, he was the wall. He was super hard for newcomers, and it's just ever since then they nerfed the hell out of him to make him a bit easier. But it's still funny to see people try and fight him their first time. Yeah, I mean, I in the beta, I beat him my first try, and it wasn't that big a deal. But that's because it's the beta, and they give you better equipment to begin with just because they want people to test things out. They don't want them just to die <laughs> and not get anywhere with it. Um, and, of course, they don't have access to the other system, so why why would they bother with that? But yeah, it, it for me, it was like, I kind of still like Tokiden for its more story-driven approach, you know? Like, it's it's kind of cool learning about, like, this mythology uh, with a lot of the, uh, the, the the Japanese spirits and things like that. Uh, so it was pretty fascinating in that aspect, and I really, I really dug that. I, I think that was probably the best aspect of Tokiden, otherwise just a clone. And I also liked the fact that Tokiden 2 was an open world game. So being able to, like, you get some of that, obviously, in Monster Hunter World, like you said, like the, the uh, between zones, it's seamless. So you can just run around and chase after monsters and catch them. Like, you can run after them from one side of the map to the other and not have to worry about loading zones and, like, them ducking out behind, like, the loading screen. So you're like, fuck, and you gotta, like, wait till the next loading just so you can get back in and you may have accidentally, like, fate maybe fell into it, you know, if you got knocked too hard. I remember that happening on the PS2 and I'm sure it was kept on going up until now um but and they also had horo it was great when you were able to (laughs) go from uh you know the from the town to running around attacking these different monsters and things like that and it just felt like it was like a blast you know you didn't have to like worry about wait till like you you can load back to camp or wait till you load back to town it's like all right i beat him now i can just decide if i want to go here or just fast travel back so i kind of hope that's the next thing they do because i think that'd be fascinating because i do totally agree that it's a great looking game i dig the art style uh it's it's got its own unique taste but i mean that stop people from making some amazing you know fan art uh, so, uh, and I, I like the look of my character, the way I designed her. So I, I, I yeah, the character creator is way more in depth than I ever would have uh, yeah. imagined. I, I haven't played stuff, Final so. Fantasy fourteen, but from what I understand, it's very similar to yes, the, it's a little yeah. Bit, yeah. It's got the same uh, type of options, stuff like that. And from the deal, you can like download DLC right now that's free. Uh, that adds more hairstyles uh, and new, uh, and new, um, what do they call them? The... Armor layers, makeup, no, oh, gestures, like a... yeah, emotes, emotes, emotes. Yeah, sorry, yeah, that's right, uh, emotes that you can do. So it, clearly, they they might continue to expand it, and as we all know, it's that you can continue, you can change your appearance after you made it, just like your hair and makeup and stuff, some basic things, just not the uh, body itself, you know, just the dimensions. So that's um pretty cool. I wish there was maybe was some more control over like maybe your height, you know, and stuff like that, and your mm-hmm. weight, because I think that it's just one style basically. It's just like it's a template, and you can only have yeah. control of your. It face. might be because of cutscenes, like they want to give. Like, there's a, a, there's, a, there's also there's right. also weird hitboxes too. Like there, there are yeah, definitely like elevation changes, true. like where a, a, a per, like a, a monster's tail barely like 
went yeah, over my head. Gigante is like and notorious like, oh, shit fuck. boxes. That's, that's yeah. fair enough. I, I totally get that. Yeah, actually, that's a perfectly valid point. Uh, and I now I understand that that's the case. Just going to say something. You don't have the right to complain about hitboxes unless you've played any <laughs> of the second-generation Monster Hunter games. Because I tell you, ooh, Plesioth, there's a reason why he's so infamous. Because he That's all from like 20 feet away and you got hit by it? Is that why? Yeah, pretty much. My friends and I have been making this joke of like people asking, like, oh, should I get a PS4 Pro for this? He's like, no, you should probably get an SSD for this game because the the loading times on like, like normal hard drives for this game are... Uh, quite likely. I felt like a PS4 Pro. Uh, I, th- I felt the load times were a little fast, uh, a little quicker. I mean, than the beta because of obviously the multiplayer aspect. But uh, I couldn't really tell. No, there's so much load, that, and that's the that's the only. Uh, that's why I was talking about the open world stuff. It was it yeah. was nice to be able to like jump around, but like having to sit and wait through like the time and stuff. It's like go, just go, <laughs> just go. I'm tired of waiting. I'm done. I need to go. Uh, like it's, it's not the, it's I, I not can the understand why and, like it's not the it's not like a really it's it's not a game that really serves itself as like a, a bite-sized type of experience it's like you have to have spent some oh no yeah if you're no, going it's to play like, monster yeah. you need to set aside at least an hour for each session probably more yeah, I, yeah just I for the loading I, I it's one of those games that it's so easy to like lose time very fast like oh, it's a I game. Don't get me wrong. yeah 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 oh, the yeah. gamepad really helps I, yeah. I, I, I woke up today I'm like all right you know fire up Monster Hunter World and then like fucking five six hours later I'm like doing this podcast but man I have a lot of awesome gear on me right now yeah, I'm, I'm super <laughs> early and like oh, I man. said I love Toki Den's uh uh story and the design and would the you like this game more if it had horror in it and the monsters and things like that and, and but uh, the thing that hooked me in was the addictive nature of it and i'm already starting to feel that being able to my yeah. weapons. i do agree that the menus can be pretty clunky especially at the smithy i think that tokiden did a much better job in presenting that stuff i, I i'm only comparing it because that's the other one yeah. I, that's why i'm saying it but um, i'm sure if you I will the say moment that I'm, it's getting its hooks on me pretty pretty strong here yeah the moment you know that monster has gotten your hooks and you gotten its hooks in you is when you want to craft one weapon because you want to kind of... So you want to craft this one weapon, which requires you to fight this one monster. Yes. But to fight that monster, you want to get a different weapon to make that fight even easier. But to get that weapon, you need to fight this monster. So you're grinding for grinding for grinding. Let, let, let me tell you about this my, this awesome Ajanath boat that I got. And I, 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 I saw it on the fucking thing. And the one thing I was missing was one flame sack. And I was like, all right. Who wants to tell me to take down Anjanath again? <laughs> it's crazy because it's got like login bonuses and things like that. So that's kind of neat because that'll help, uh, I'm sure. But yeah, it, it's like um, it, it's definitely that nature like you're talking about, uh, James and Josh. It's that uh, as soon as you find and you upgrade that weapon, it's like, all right, I'm gonna fuck that shit up. I'm going to beat his ass because I'm, t- I'm sick and tired of dying. Now I've got like <laughs> twice as strong a weapon. I'm going to go kick his ass. And that's what oh, I decided man. to do because I just I, – before this podcast, I got my – I doubled the strength of my weapon just from simple upgrades because I did those investigations, which are very helpful. Uh, they give you a lot oh, of rewards, yeah. and I, I now I can just jump into that. So that's that's kind of the addictive nature. It's that you've got that stuff, and it's not, it's not really. I hate to say like it's it's not necessarily loot driven. It kind of is because there's a lot of armor sets, but um, it definitely requires somebody who's who wants to play this game straight up. You got to be up to the repetitive nature because that's definitely what Toki did. Is it is it's what Moss Center has always been as well. Um, it's very repetitive, but at least with Monster Hunter, it's that you can explore a great landscape and, and have some fun just running around that place. That Word of warning to anyone that's hoping to get the Platinum Trophy in this game, it's going to take you more than 500 hours full stop. Yeah, and that's if you're lucky. I've seen, like, I've, I've got, 
Yeah, I have 130 hours in the game, and if you've looked at the trophy list, there's like ones for miniature and large crowns for monsters, and that's basically saying you get a mini crown if the monster is almost as small as it can be or as small as it can be because they have differing sizes each time you fight them. It's like kind of like a gradient curve. And then yeah, I think the biggest problem for me would be ones. the capturing mechanic. Um, but um, anyways, what I'm saying is, I've played the game for over 130 hours now. I have not gotten one miniature crown monster yet. And there's a trophy for getting the mini crown for every monster in the game. It's like a fishing one. game, <laughs> almost. It's like it, like you, like you, 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 yeah, you, you get the, you get the fucking fish, right? And it says, "Oh, this is how fucking big this fish was." After every hunt here, it's like, "Oh yeah, this is how big." It's <laughs> always gigantic. It's, like, no, it's funny like though because you can actually. I, I I love it though. It's going to annoy the hell out of me getting that platinum trophy. I'm gonna get it because I know I'm gonna spend enough time in this game that I'm eventually gonna get it, but just. You're going to be that uh, guy man, but... that you meet for the first time who says, like, I've caught every fish in the last area. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to have to be that person. All right, all right. Well, there, what's, there's, what's there's, everyone's... There, there's nothing more cathartic than... Uh, so I have, like, the basically the strongest greatsword in the game right now. And the role that I've done with my friends is I'm not going to help you with this freaking greatsword the first time you fight a monster. If you want to grind it some more, then I'm busting out the greatsword and we're just plowing through him. Yeah. But the first time, you have to beat it with level-appropriate gear. But... There is nothing more cathartic than, okay, so the Anjanov, we, we got him limping, he's asleep, and I say, tell my friends, okay, step back, you're going to see some crap, you're going to see some shit. So the greatsword, the whole thing with it is that you want to use charge attacks, and those do a shitload of damage if you hit mm -hmm. them right, and when a monster's asleep, the first hit on a monster does double damage. Oof. So I have yeah, affinity stacked on my weapon, I have the strongest greatsword in the game, and I timed it right because the um, strongest greatsword charge does two hits. The first hit doesn't do that much damage at all, but the second hit on that ultimate yeah, I know on the beta does a shitload of damage. Now you, everyone's played Monster Hunter here, except for Seda. Yeah, <laughs> I did a thousand damage in a single greatsword hit to the sleeping Angina. Mm, that's mm. damage. That's oh, yeah. Great oh my god, that, that felt so yeah, it, like, that was so cathartic. Sorry. It just, uh, yeah. Well, what's everyone's main weapon in here, like right now? James I was going to use the great sword, but then I decided to use the charge blade because I figured I need that uh, extra defense from the shield, and but I still need the kind of quick attacks of the sword, so I went with that. Yeah. When I've been playing with my friends, I've been mostly using the hunting horn, and then when we go back to grind, I just pop out the great sword to kill it in a few swings. What about you, Josh? I'm doing Hunter's Bow right now. I'm sick to Longsword. I really dig it, and it feels like it's kind of cool because it's like a katana kind of style. So I, I really like that. It's it's been yeah. I tried using the I, I tried using that Longsword, but I just I guess it. I I was gonna use it, but the, like I I that was my first weapon I picked. But then I guess um it just it's too unwieldy for me. I mean I'm sure you're having an easier time with it than I am, but I just keep missing. So oh no yeah I mean that's that's the that's the also the same problem. It's that like. In Tokyo Dan, you can lock on, and you lock on. In Monster, it's like, oh, lock on until he kind of moves away. Then it's like, shit. And you can, like, lock on to different parts of the body in Tokyo Dan. That's what I'm talking about. In, in Monster, it's just like, all of it or none of it. So that's, uh, Yeah, that's I, I, I would say just, like, not, don't even uh, bother, like, the, the R3 lock on in this game. Just it's, learn how to yeah, maneuver your dual sticks. It's, um, it's so actually, um, one thing I'd say is that they... 
I don't know why they did this, but they put an actual lockdown on the game by default. But what you want to do is you want to go into the camera settings and change it from uh, um, from focus camera to target camera or something like that. So it doesn't constantly shift the camera to the monster, but it's like if you tap R3, then if you tap L, it'll lock on on the monster for like a split second. And it's just orienting the camera. So it's like, okay, where'd it go? L1. Okay, there it is. And it doesn't move the camera besides that. It's just like, here it oh, is. Good. Yeah, that, that was the problem yeah. I had with the beta was that every time I was trying to like throw some, like use like the paralysis knife, the poison knife, I'd shift, the, I'd shift my camera around. But since I was locked onto the dinosaur, it would go onto, I mean, the, the monster, whatever. Uh, when I shifted the camera, it would change the target to the nearest enemy. So I'd end up like hitting some random, uh, mon- the, one of the docile monsters nearby. And I feel like such a jerk. Yeah, the two camera settings that anyone listening to this podcast should do, should change, is first off, for the target lock, make it so that it only locks onto large monsters only. I don't know why they even put an option in for small monsters. Two, what I just said about the camera, set it so that it doesn't always stick on the monster, but it only just looks at it when you tap our, well, L1. Those two settings, much better. Also, turn off dynamic uh, camera. Yeah, it's Those three settings, game. much, much better, much improved. All right. Take take notes. It's definitely yeah. like oh. animation priority. So, you know, if, if that's not your thing, Monster it might not be for you. But man, it's, uh, once you get it down, it's pretty sweet. Especially because the weapons send a swing so wide that it's usually not a problem. Yeah. I also really, really like the. I know they kind of made a, a big deal about this. Uh, the, the months leading up is like when the monsters start fighting each other. So you have like, yes. uh, so I, I had this like this weird like solo mission go almost terribly wrong where I had to go uh, fight this um, poisonous uh, Piku Piku or whatever. I hate that guy. Uh, so uh, and then he he ran into a great uh, Jaggy, and then like as they were duking it out, like an Anjanath just fucking wrecked house out of nowhere so this is this weird like three-way showdown it's a great jagras uh jumping that was on top of the uh, anger nap no no this is uh, random... i was gonna hope like it was like a four like this is this is a random too. thing but you but you see that you see that the anjanath like actually like threw the great jaggy towards the fucking other monster i was like uh, I, I just like great jagras uh great jaggy is not in this game or uh, good Jagras, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jagras. That was I, I had that too with the, the Agronath because uh, it actually saved my ass because I was about to die like I'm sure you were. It's like it came in, like, destroyed him, and then I was just able to get some hits in and kill it while I was dealing with the boss. And I was like, yes, okay. I, nice. Yeah, I, I love that. Like, I'm just letting them duke it out, and then like after everything's kind of like simmered down, it's like they're collecting their materials that dropped off. I'm like, it's it's cool, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. It's like it's like they're in the Jurassic Park or something. So yeah, uh, I mean, Monster Hunter World. I mean, obviously we've got the review up on the site. We've got a ton of very helpful guides. Uh, Josh said he's used it. I've used it for sure. I don't know if Adam, you've been using them as well. Yes, no, maybe. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, that, it's a little bit. I'm sorry, my mic got muted and I couldn't turn it back on. Uh, yeah. But. Uh, I've used a little bit. I used the multiplayer one just to check up. I haven't uh, gotten far enough in the game where I really need to check out the guides, but I'm sure I'll be using it for like <clears throat> because of my uh, completionist nature. I'm sure I'll be using a lot of it. Yeah, and uh, and also worth mentioning if if you're if you're playing Monster Hunter and you know you want to join the RPG Site Squad, definitely join our Discord at discord.me/rpgsite and you know hit us up at the Monster Hunter World channel. Uh, uh, right now, James with us is the squad leader. 
So uh, just message Gosh, him. Again. No, please, then, no, no. Yeah, just direct you know. message him, and if he doesn't respond right away, keep going at it. Keep doing no, I mean, I mean, obviously, just give him, him, just fake him once, and like you know, it, it kind of sucks. That's also like you know, uh, that only, like, only one person. Only a squad leader can invite, and uh-huh. we can't. Yeah, can't one, one squad people. leader. Ah, that's they, they can't a, even they change. The if they could like make it so you could change who the squad leader was, that would work. But no, there's nothing doing. It's one squad leader, and yeah. if you but, d- d- look, we'll, we'll get you in in a, in a somewhat timely manner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah just, it's, it's kind of you have to be. It's no, it's no rush. I'm sorry, it's between guides and doing I'm, all those guides. I, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the guides and also the fact that yeah. I've been trying to teach my friends how yeah. to play monster. But it's no rush. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't worry, don't worry about it. Maybe As you said, it's not like squads are that great to begin with. It just makes everything easier. So, um, just wait a little while, and we'll get you in. Please join us. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll ha- we'll be talking more about Monster Hunter World in the coming weeks, especially because with the their plans to release a lot of the uh, free monsters and things like that, uh, additional content will be coming. I'm sure we'll be talking more about that. But let's get into the actual news of the week. Otherwise, we'll be spending the whole time talking about Monster Hunter World as much as I like to. It's, we've got other stuff to chat. Uh, so someone threw this in right at the last second. Uh, apparently, and I, I actually forgot this was a thing. Pillars of Eternity 2 uh, is going to be released on April 3rd, which is a pretty quick turnaround considering it had a fig uh, crowdfund just last year. Um, is that just the... I assume, uh, Adam, uh, you put that in there. Is that just uh, like an early access thing? or? No, that's the full release. Wow. Okay. That's cool. I, I, I guess it's, it's... Is it just not that significant an upgrade or well, something? I, I well, like I think... Well, my guess is... Probably using a lot of assets. Well, well the, the fig campaign was last like january so yeah. almost a year ago like exactly and my guess is they're able to develop this game much quicker because it's it's on the same engine same types of assets things like that so it's just a lot of work they already did for the first game so that's good. we'll see that's good but yeah that'll be out uh obsidian obviously is still working on it it's it's great to see that and i'm pretty i think we're all pretty hopeful of that because pillars one uh, just based on the conversation earlier and I think um, Darren covered that game for the site, I believe, uh, in a video review. So if people want to check that out for more information about what, you know, his thoughts about that. But Pillars of Eternity 2, that'll be out April 3rd. And so let's get into uh, some of the other topics that we've got here. Now, this is it's sort of, this first thing is more about, uh, I don't know, it's, it's somewhat report, but also we don't have a lot to work with just because uh, Mark Darren, uh, who's the executive producer of the Dragon Age series, uh, reported that they're already having meetings about the next entry in the series. So apparently that's a thing. And because the way that they're talking, it seems like we're going to hear more about that soon. Cause they kind of, I think he just straight out said that he'd have more to share about that soon. So uh, that's great to hear. And I'm, I'm hopeful because uh, uh, as much as I did not like dragon age one or two at all, uh, Inquisition <laughs> kind of neat uh, in the way that it approached its mechanics. It, it was more about the tip, a little bit more about the like the traditional sort of Baldur's Gate style to it, which was kind of cool, uh, and then also obviously the uh, the the base building stuff was neat as well. Uh, I also heard that uh, this they're thinking they're considering doing a live uh, style, which is like I think it's like Hitman, isn't it? Yeah, I think they're just they're, they're going to keep adding content to it afterwards. If yeah. I'm mistaken, I forget, uh, if, if that I, means always online, I'm not sure how well that will do. Like Inquisition, no. wasn't it like always online? Or I don't something? think they didn't. They, I think he he said straight up. I, I don't know if it's like Casey Hudson or something like that, who's the GM of uh, uh, Bioware. Uh, I think he straight up said that that doesn't mean online. So okay, I think it's something. Else. 
He said live, like he said it means like continuing story yeah. after the game, which, you know, is vague and could mean lots of different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be like, is it going to be like Skyrim where you can add quests? Is it going to be Hitman where Skyrim they keep adding so different things? I don't know. It's, 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 no, it's I'm vague. at Skyrim as in like giving you a way to continuously add like the uh, like procedure, uh, procedurally generate Just content a for your runs up to you. That's their life story. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, okay. Quote what he said specifically, yeah. just so we have it. Um, when we talk about live, it just means designing a game for continued storytelling after the main story, which could mean lots of different things. It, sounds it could like, be, I mean, yeah. it sounds like they can, they'll add like maybe, uh, Sto- like story content like maybe it's downloadable stuff you know you can download a new story a new quest something like that uh that's it could be just uh, it could be like final fantasy 13 where you could uh, uh, stuff opens up when you beat the game kind of thing. i'm not sure i'm sure i'm sure it's i'm sure it's gonna be microtransaction yeah, based I think, like i'm pretty uh, sure that's what they're, they're let's they're, hope so that's what i'm feeling as well uh speaking of online games though anthem uh now this is just a rumor uh because it was reported by kotaku that uh, based on the fact that everything was coming in hot and they were having a lot of trouble with this game, it didn't enter full production, it sounds like, until last year. Uh, Anthem is reported to be delayed until early 2019. And based on what it's saying, it's that... Uh, so it was originally scheduled for late late this year, but uh, obviously because they had some still some trouble with it, Electronic Arts, based on these reportings, is that they're going to give them up until March, uh, the uh, end of March, which is the end of the fiscal year, to release it. It's kind of what they ran into with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda because they were running out of time. They had to put something out, but it's it's kind of on one hand, it's it's good to see that they're giving it time because of how Andromeda, like what what happened to their studio because of that. Uh, but also make it less like Destiny. Well, Anthem is definitely going to be their make or break uh, for yeah. the entire company, and so you know if this fails considering this is supposed to be their Destiny-like and they need something big. I mean, I think Bungie would have obviously closed if Destiny wasn't successful, although they're having a whole shitload of problems with Destiny 2, apparently. Um, Anthem, uh, it seems like they're having those same struggles, you know, trying to release a product that they clearly have not... I mean, they've never done anything like this before, so I'm not too shocked by that, but um, it's 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 at least they're giving it a, a few more months to really try to polish it up before they release it, but based on the report that was in there it seems like everyone's kind of really anxious about what the product is so i don't blame them yeah i do yeah. not blame them it's, 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 it's still it was it almost seemed like a proof of concept trailer the way they did that like they don't jetpacks that's what it felt yeah like. they don't know where to go with it so maybe that's a, i i'm just guessing but with the way anthem looked like it just seemed like they had a lot of ideas but they weren't sure what to do with them like they had a, like a skeletal outline for what they wanted. Well, I mean, when they first, it's it's funny because like apparently the game has been in development for a few years now. For like, I think she was like maybe four or five years, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I I don't have the article up in front of me, so I forget. did it have a different name before? No, okay. uh, I don't think it had a different name. Uh, I think it's just it was in development as a project, but it's it's this is something that they've been working on for a while. So obviously this was well before. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda was in development, I, I'd imagine, so they didn't realize that this would be such an important title for them. But uh, boy, I, I, I Best don't know of how luck. I feel about that. I mean, <laughs> got, at least they got Dragon Age coming, so at least they got something else. But it makes me wonder, like, if they're focusing all their assets on that, like clearly they can't really work on anything else besides this and Dragon Age. Like they've got nothing else, it seems like at this point. I'm worried about Electronic Arts and how they'll go down on this. Like if they'll like well, say. Just get out, get out there. Well, and... they, that's what the, that's what it sounds like. If they're going to give them to the end of the fiscal year to release it, otherwise they're going to ship it out. And then if that doesn't work out, it sounds like maybe they're going to divest 
Bioware at that point. Like, they won't want them anymore, so... Ever since the departure of the Brothers, I'm not sure how much of an identity the Bioware has outside of Mass Effect. And... I mean, Casey Hudson came back, so... You know, yeah, he's, he's, at least he's, there's that. Yeah, I mean, Pretty Pearl's opinions on Mass Effect 3 aside, he was important for the studio uh, when he was around, so see what happens everything but that ending seemed it was real promising but then the uh, ending I, I like the end i don't know uh but then we've got <laughs> another piece of news that we've got here uh so this is kind of interesting in that so uh this was an interview uh that adam Vitali uh managed to scrap a uh, scrape uh, before it was deleted um because of it was posted too early but uh i think it was it was euro gamer right that the um u.s gamer u.s gamer i'm sorry i'll have you talk about this yourself because yeah it's it's about uh their plans for the Mana series. Yeah, I mean, so uh, this I'm I'm of two minds of this. Producers always get asked questions. They're like, "Are you going to do this?" Yeah. And most of the time, they're not going to say, "Nope, it's never going to happen." They 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 don't say that. Um, they usually say something like, "Oh, we'll consider it if the opportunity arises," you know. And then people will latch onto that, like it might happen. But anyways, or like enough people ask for it, kind of thing. Well, they do that. What the, anyways, um, so these are both involving the Mana series. There's two basic, two separate things here. One, the Secret of Mana remake is coming out for PS4, Steam, and Vita even. Yes. Yeah, remember, remember Vita? That, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, what's that? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> coming out in like three weeks or something like that. Now, when this was first announced last summer that this remake was a thing, it's it was kind of like everybody was like, wait, it's not coming to Switch. And I know everybody wants everything on Switch anyways, but this one seemed especially peculiar because Secret of Mana is a Nintendo game. It was on the Super Nintendo slash Super Famicom. Um, so, like, the fact that it's coming out for PlayStation systems and Steam and not a Nintendo system is just kind of like, really? Um, yeah. And so uh, they asked the producer, um, Masaru Oyamata, if I pronounce that anywhere close to correctly, uh, what's, what's up with this? And he basically said... Um, the voices have so the voices are heard where where the people are desiring a Switch version and will make an effort to see what is feasible in the future. So like, again, it's not like confirmation of anything. Just like we will consider it. It might happen. We know that people are wanting it. So so that's that. Now the weird thing is that Secret of Mana is available on Switch. It is the original version in Japanese as part of the Saiken and Zetsu collection, which also released last summer. About the same time the remake was announced, actually a little bit before. Yeah, yeah, it was like um, right before. It was weird. It, it, yeah, the re this collection was released in Japan, I think, like in June, like early June last year. Then the remake was announced like in August. Um, but anyways, the collection is Japanese only. It contains the first three games in the Mana series, which this gets a little confusing. The English titles are Final Fantasy Adventure, Secret of Mana, and well, the third one doesn't really have an English title because it's never been available in English. It's Second and Setsu Three. Um, yeah, sometimes it's referred to as Secret of Mana too. Yeah. Um, Isn't that Secret but, of Evermore? No. Well, that's that's, that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's the offshoot. <laughs> Random. I didn't realize that Jeremy Soul was the, was the composer on that. Like, yes, I, it was his. Old, I think. Well, okay, sorry. Yeah. It was it was him and his brother, and like I didn't realize that he's the Skyrim guy, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I think it was like one of his, obviously one of his like first projects. Right. It's crazy I I, I, I just heard that tidbit the other day. I'm like, whoa, really? Jeremy Soul did the music on Secret of Evermore? Like, I had no idea. Anyways, um, so. This this game has not been localized. Main the, the most likely reason is because Second Densetsu Three does not exist in English, and it's uh, 
this is more technical than I am, uh, you know, qualified to speak on, but it's more than just translating it. Apparently, like the, the programming, the English into the game is not an easy thing um, on the on the Super Famicom, Super Nintendo, you know, limits. So it's like, well, this game, is there any chance that this game could be brought west? And what he said to that was, um, we have heard lots of demands and requests for this game to be released in the west. And that's something we'll do our best to hopefully achieve. So that sounds maybe slightly more. It's like, better than silence, but it's no confirmation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen anyway. But you know, it's like, it's like, it's like we acknowledge that like the obvious that you yeah, know like, obviously the uh, overseas uh, audiences do want this, but well, you know, we'll see what's yeah, feasible, and, what's realistic. Yeah, and like I and I mean they're like I said they're not they're more like, very. Just like the stop asking. It's very unlikely that they're just going to say, eh, it's not going to happen. Nope. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know. never say never, but at the same time, I don't think it's happening. It seems so yeah. unlikely. Now, yeah, Psycho Nintendo 3 cool. is uh, probably the strongest game in the series, and it has a pretty fully complete fan translation that's available yeah. for ROMs. So you can, I, I, I played it, but it, it kind of has like three different um, storylines. It's the same story, but like three different perspectives so like if this was somehow magically released in english i'd be totally up for playing it again to experience one of the other ones it's a shame that games like that can't like license out like can ask the people who translate like can we just use yours and they always feel the need to like no we gotta do it our way or not at all well, it's it's more it's more complicated than that there's contracts i'm sure it tra- is I, I just trademarks. it's just the outside looking you in kind of need it and stuff you have to go through all the research and then then against yeah. people want demand money and shit so it's better if you just do it yourself or outsource it so uh the uh people demanding money thing that just reminds me of the whole nightwolf uh bs with uh xc oh, now now and that is he is the number one reason why companies don't do this yeah, now um i think what is probably more likely to happen is in like 2019 or so maybe late 2018 this year they will announce a, a second and set to three remake and that they'll go ahead and localize that too. Like in, in 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 the realm of in in the vein of Secret of Mana remake, yeah, I think just, that just is... everyone just okay. Just we need to like not think about this or not. You're getting a new, uh, well, not a new, but uh, the world ends with you on your fucking switch. Just yeah, you can never done for now, and then we'll see. We, we, we can revisit this later. I mean, <laughs> Project got, Octopath. You've got Adventures of Mana. You got the Secret of Mana remake. It seems yeah very likely that we'll get that. Uh, and uh, I should also mention there's also been talk about the next Mana game. So hopefully we'll get worried about that sometime soon because that seems very uh, that seems like yeah we're gonna hear about what that was the happen. what was the last mana game that wasn't rise of mana, mana which mana? is like no there was a uh, the couple ds ones the adventures of mana remake of there's mana oh there's there's adventures yeah i forgot about that one which is the remake of the first yeah, it's this, a decent this, remake it's yeah, basically also on vita which is probably the entire reason why secret mana remakes on vita so yeah. what's a vita oh, adventures of mana it was a phone game and then it was localized well it was in Japan, it was mobile and Vita, and then when it released in the West, it was mobile only for a while, and then it eventually went to Vita. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's more just that you know, yeah, there's the audience there, but then of course you you can also. I mean, I what's it. kind of funny is I played Adventures of Mana and I like liked it. It's basically just Final Fantasy Adventure with a new coat of paint. It's like literally the exact same. Like everything else about it is like literally the exactly the same. I wonder if uh, actually Sony paid to have it on the Vita. That's part of the reason. Who knows? I mean, it could just be a simple thing. Like, okay, this was built. The way this maybe was it's built, just because really maybe it was just really, really easy. Like, why not? We yeah. can do it. Why not? Especially if it's going to be just you know digital only. You know, whatever. 
Okay, yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the big that's news right now for Square Enix, that we've got that happening. The, the last piece of news that we've got for, for them is that apparently this was announced via his Twitter account, but Yuji Nako, who was the... <laughs> it was the most casual tweet yeah, ever. Yeah, so, it was like, by, was the, awesome. by the way. <laughs> yeah, so Yuji Nako, who was the... Basically, he used to head up Sonic Team, and he created... Uh, oh, he was the lead programmer on the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog series, but also, I should point out, he's a programmer on the original Fantasy Star and Fantasy Star Online, he joined Square Enix in January. He now, produced he Burning uh, Rangers. He's an awesome guy. Yeah, oh yeah, Blazing Rangers, pretty great. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he didn't elaborate on what exactly he's doing. It's just that tweet, basically, that we can work off of. But yeah, he was now he's working with them. Uh, people who are concerned about the downfall, it's just that he actually stopped. He left Sonic Team around the release of Sonic 06, which was 2006, obviously. Uh, so he hasn't been a part of the recent stuff. That's been sort of a nightmare for the company. Um, so it's it's still like he's still got some credit. Uh, he was putting out some other games as well. I think he put out that Ivy the Kiwi game. Well, he he did um, the, a few uh, weeks ago. We were ta- I was talking about, or well, a few months ago, I was talking about how I played Rodea the Sky Soldier, yes. and he put out yeah, that. Yeah, that was uh, the most not as great. Yeah, that's that's kind of well. Rodea is I like really weird. How like I think technically Wii Wii Naka, Wii well, I think I think I think that's technically what it is. He produced the Wii version, and then like the Wii U, 3D was it on 3DS? Yeah, they the, ported yeah. the but that's like for a... DS, and they ported the 3S version to Wii U instead of porting the Wii version to Wii U. But yeah, so basically, yeah. he's he's responsible for the Wii version, but not the Wii U or 3DS version, which is like the same title but a different game. I think the Wii version <laughs> was so well received, so that makes some sense then. Okay, but so yeah, not, just kind of weird. To like talk him up or anything like that. It's just the, it's just important because Square Enix hired Yuji Naka, which is crazy, going from Sega to Square Enix like that. Well, didn't, didn't they recently hire Baba from? Uh... Uh, Pro- yes, they Baba, they yeah, from, from, from I think he's just. If, he's working with them. I don't know if he's exact. Yeah, I don't know if he's considered an employee, but yeah, yeah he's he, that studio he's working is working with them, which is important. Yeah, yeah that studio is like still, how, like, yeah. I just like how somebody was like, you know, now we can make a Sonic the Hedgehog RPG with Square Enix. I'm like, did you forget about Dark, Dark Brotherhood? No, I'm kind of yeah, pissed like, about I that just, because it, it was a it was an. It wasn't a very good RPG, but then there's a the fact that it had the freaking cliffhanger at the end, and we're never going to see what happens oh, after. Oh, that was, oh, yeah, I remember hearing about you Remember that. the audio problems it had? The, like, the only, the only thing I know is that so. apparently the uh, music that they originally had for that game was, like, they, they learned, like, a week before release that they couldn't use it for some licensing or whatever reason, so they had to, like... Scrapped together a soundtrack in a week or something. They downloaded really... it online. They they found like a fan site where it's just like a bunch of soundtracks that he ripped, and they used those instead. They just used a fan's rips. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, anyways, look. that's like the only thing I know about that yeah. game is that the soundtrack is yeah. fucked yeah, it's, up. It's, I don't want to. I didn't want to spend too much time on this. Yeah. It's just the fact that yeah, Yuji Naka now works Square Enix, and maybe we'll hear about later this year that they're going to put out a cool new RPG. Maybe it'll work with. Tokyo RPG Factory. I could only but, okay, look, bottom line, they're, they're using his expertise on Shadow the Hedgehog to make their Cerberus too. Done. Fucking square. Just have Shadow him dress up as Vincent. My, like, he's my persona. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> moving into another piece of news that we've got here, though. Um, I don't know. This is, uh, this is sort of a uh, uh, tangentially related to the stuff that we talk about, but uh, a few that, week, a oh, couple yeah, weeks yeah. ago, it's well, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, so Yumi Nikki was released on Steam a couple weeks ago, and we talked about this on the podcast previously as well. That it was sort of out of nowhere, uh, in a sense. Uh, Katakawa Games apparently had licensed the game uh, and put it out on mobile devices, or was going to in Japan when they announced it last year at Comic Con late last year. 
Uh, so, but they also released, uh, launched a teaser site when they put it up on Steam. Uh, inside there, you can you know, there's like a teaser site counting down to a new game that had Katakawa's name attached to it, along with uh, obviously um, the, only, the only involvement of the original creator was just that they were licensing the name out. That's all. Uh, so they unveiled uh, appears to be a 3D remake of the original game coming to Steam on February 23rd. So less than a month from now, it looks kind of neat. I guess it seems kind of simple. Uh, it's it's a weird name. It's just basically Yume Nikki Dream Diary, which is, is basically it, Dream like, Diary, Dream yeah, Diary. Yeah, like <laughs> that's uh, that's what I got from Mirai Nikki. Like that that name got me into like diaries, like Diary Diary. Yeah, but uh, it's it's cool. It's uh, it's not headed by the original creator himself kikiyama but it's under like a, a team with, with like some supervision by him yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more like it's, it's more like a fan it's kind of it's, it's more, yeah, more like a fan a fan project that like has his like blessings and obviously homage and uh you know it, it looks it looks really really neat like uh, it's a kind of a weird transition of how you kind of adapt like the the dream landscape uh of the original game into 3d because they're so they're, they're so expansive in a sense but it, but it was really easy to like kind of navigate due to the 2d nature of it and this one is it looks a lot more elaborate and uh, a lot more um on the nose i guess is a good way yeah. to put it uh, you gotta wonder how like how much of the charm it loses going from like that indie rpg maker look to uh 3d uh, polygon I, I, I think there's a lot of potential there, there, there's a lot of potential to uh, yeah. explore on uh new territory that uh that a 2d can't really convey yeah it but, just has like, that I, hurdle it, like, yeah that's for all. sure i really dig the lighting effects that go on like the the globe yeah, global like, lighting like, you know. say that it looks it's like a, like a smooth smoothed over look to it it's it's pretty mm-hmm. looking yeah but that's it's yeah cool. that's that's apparently uh, coming out in less than a month uh so the fact that it's a remake though and not really a follow-up means me like you know i just already played it so i don't know if i'll play this one but there's a people want something more contemporary it, it would be difficult to follow up from the first one yeah it kind of ends <laughs> so the, at the end of the credits it's it's the end uh, so yeah that's that's just how it is but um hopefully the original creator wants to make something do but we'll see uh yeah and then uh, another interesting uh, speaking of other these other, these other news that we've got here though um that you only put full metal panic ps4 game i know it's like yeah full metal panic, it, like war fight full whatever. full metal panic fight who dares wins that's such a English that's that's not like but a um, latin turn people of who don't know that's uh the strategy rpg based on the full metal panic series it seems like it's pulling the assets from the super robot wars because i noticed some of that stuff myself when i looked at it but yeah um it's supposed to be released in japan on may 31st apparently it's going to release day and date with the english version then because bandai namco asia announced that yeah it's going to be out on may 31st in southeast asia so it seems like you know pretty much their entire catalog is going to be going through that all their mecha catalog is going to be released in english um around the time but this if correct me if wrong josh since this is more up your alley this is like the first time they released it day and date with it is that true or no super robot wars uh super robot wars v was uh released day and date last uh, oh, year yeah it was last okay. last year game yeah so um I think the G Generation Genesis was also released day and date from what I remember. Um, this isn't this isn't really pulling for SRW assets because SRW is two D. This is a three D um, models what am I going off. Then there's some, there's, there's, it looks like they were pulling assets from. It, it, it looks like uh, if you if you see, you might see a, a super an old Super World Wars game on the Wii called Super World Wars Neo, and it's kind of like that. Okay. Uh, that's what, that's what it looks like. But it, it, this one's kind of neat because they showed all, they released a new trailer for it that kind of shows off more of the gameplay systems. And it does 
uh, pull a lot of inspiration from Super Bowl Wars Neo. It's like uh, you can traverse the battlefield like in a, a, th- a 3D and uh, within anyone who's in like in your circular radius, you can attack with various attacks. But the neat thing about this is kind of it kind of pulls from front mission systems because every mech has like a head, body, arms, and legs yes. uh, meter to them. So uh, th- there's definitely an aspect of like, oh, you can disable like weapon systems and like a movement on them depending on what kind of like body parts you decide to um, target. So it, if you have a front mission itch, like a traditional front mission itch, this might be your game. I love oh. the look of that. I, I really enjoyed those old games just because, yeah, you can, like, damage the, the treads, for example, and make them, like, less be able to move, damage the arms they can't use their missiles and stuff like that. It's it Yes. Really cool. mm-hmm. it seems like it's going to be really annoying, though, if you're going to be on the receiving end of that, like it always was. So, oh, that's, 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 that's the double, double-edged sword that you take. I, I kind of, uh, <laughs> for me, I kind of like that aspect of, like, okay, how do I not, how do I know I'm gonna get fucked up, but how do I minimize how much I get fucked up the next turn? It's like Valkyria Chronicles One. You can damage your tank treads, and like, fucking, I hate this shit. I like doing it to other people, but yeah. Uh, so uh, moving into the last piece of news that we've got here. So this was just announced um, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Square Enix announced that they were going to be remastering Xenogears. Uh, so with the uh, well, okay, you, remastering yeah, Xenogears music. Okay, so this is a. They're remastering music from Xenogears. There's a they're gonna release a, this Blu-ray soundtrack called Xenogears uh, Revival Original Soundtrack Revival Disc, the first and the last. Uh, some crazy ass fucking name. It's coming to Japan on April fourth, um, and this is you know uh, Yasunori Mitsuda and uh, Anuna, you know obviously uh, original composers behind the Xenogears music, uh, and you know they're they're coming back for the twentieth anniversary on that. And uh, what a Blu-ray disc music soundtrack is essentially like you can, the, all the MP3 files of the remastered music are in that disc, so you can actually just extract them straight up with no DRM, um, if you want them to archive them digitally. But apparently, this uh, this this soundtrack will also have like accompanying visuals with that music, so you might get like actual high quality remastered like Xenogears footage inside this Blu-ray. Um, so it's it's kind of an interesting uh, thing in that uh, aspect. I think it's like. Uh, f- around fifty five hundred yen. Uh, I want to say, uh, yeah. So it's not. It's it, that's actually pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah. So this is actually you know very very uh, exciting for anyone who's been wanting more Xeno Gears. Like, hey, the, there's like, going to be a lot of nice uh, remastered music coming in April. Yeah, and this is like uh, people who don't know. It's this year Xenogear celebrates its twentieth anniversary. Um, they're already ha- they're going to have like a, a concert in April in Japan, which I wish I could go to. That sounds amazing. Uh, Yesunori Mitsuda is going to be, of course, uh, leading that as well. Uh, so it's it's going to be exciting to see if they're going to be announcing anything else. I mean, I think everyone wants a remaster at this point, at least, at least, or a remake, obviously, because people have concerns about. I, it. I, I think everyone in the room uh, knows what what people like, what everyone wants, and it's just like, well, okay, let's see, <laughs> let's see how that goes down. I, I I expect there's going to be some news at the concert. I yeah. mean, if you, I feel like they're building it too up too much. Compared to like other like like celebratory Such concerts, a, like, it, yeah. it's like it's like the, it's like the El Shaddai concert. It's like they didn't really build that up as much as like how much they're building of this Xeno Gears concert. I mean, let's say. I, I mean, you can you can make a couple arguments. The fact that you know it's that it sold so well, it sold over a million because a million it was a great it's it's uh, um, label on it, but yeah. also like they could really capitalize on the fact that Xenoblade has been so successful and they, you know, Monolith obviously is, is an offshoot of the Square Enix studio, uh, excuse me, 
at the time completely the studio they left yeah. that made xenosaga left that made xenoblade so it's it's like they, they put so many xenogears winks in xenoblade 2 it's fucking ridiculous yeah, Dude, you know what people want it's great yeah. it's awesome and they have, there's, there's still so much they can do with that universe you know and then obviously i mean i'm actually also by the way interested to hear about what the new music is going to be because apparently there's going to be like yeah new tracks on that on that disc i'll be curious to see how they're going to like take the style of the original game and and weave in some new music but yeah it's it's i would hope for some big news about that even if it's just like a a steam port or something like that but the fact that it's gonna be in japan like i wonder it i would assume it's gonna be bigger than that but we'll we'll find out that like if you think about it isn't that like where we heard about a Final Fantasy XII remaster by accident was during a like a distant world's concert? So, uh, oh yeah, probably. Yeah, I think the composer <laughs> completely unrelated. Uh, well, slipped. I guess kind of unrelated, but some of those were next Japanese concerts are pretty ridiculous. Like I know that Bravely Default had a concert, and like I'm not sure if you guys saw it, it was uh, yeah, amazing. It. It was and awesome. freaking Marty Friedman! Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. Wow. You, he actually was on stage and played like one of the. It, it's just crazy. They <laughs> yeah. put a lot of money in those concerts. They they take them seriously, uh, obviously because a lot of people over there love love going to those. It's crazy to think like what we got over here is like you know video game live and distant worlds. Like over there, they've got like they all put a lot of effort into making these great or- orchestral uh, concerts with the music that they've made for video games. Because obviously in that culture, pop culture is so much more uh, leaned into that stuff. So it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, they have Tommy Tellerico over there every day. So it's it's it'd be interesting to see what they announce with that. Uh, if it's just this stuff, that's that's okay, I guess. <laughs> no, it's, there's plenty of other stuff. No, it's not, but we'll take it as well. But that's it for the news for the week. Uh, it's been an exciting week for us as a site. Uh, uh, I hope everyone has been using those guides uh, from us in the world. We've also uh, been seeing some growth there. So you can find all that and James review. James's review of Monster Hunter World over on RPGSite.net, along with my review of Lost Sphere, of course, um, and Adam's uh, review of Zway, the Origins Adventure, if you want to hear more about that. You can also find us on Twitter at RPGSite, on Facebook.com slash RPGSiteNet, on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash RPGSiteNet, which will have some videos going up soon. Uh, also, we find us always on iTunes, favorite podcast app, just search for TetraCast. I made the mistake, I didn't realize this until like a few days ago, I forgot to put the Game of the Year podcast up like alive, so no one was able to like listen to it, like, like download it from iTunes or a podcast app, so that's live now, so I apologize for that, you should be able to find it now, um, you know, a month after the fact, but you can also find us on Discord, our permanent link is discord.me, such RPG site, like what was mentioned before, we've got a, a dedicated Monster Hunter channel, so if you guys want to who are listening out there want to join our squad or at least chat with other people and form parties with other people that are playing the game uh just join us there uh, otherwise you can just hang out with us and talk about a bunch of other random crap in the general chat lastly we could like to share where you can find us on twitter so where can they find you adam Vitali. adam's gone oh i'm sorry, sorry. Yeah. be right back is he still gone oh yeah he just no that's an hour ago. i i had I was that muted. was literally an hour <laughs> I'm on Twitter at K-A-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. Thank you. James? Um, You you can find me on Twitter at T-H-E-S-W-W-E-E-T. Adam Reese? You can find me at at A-M-R-E-E-S-E. Thank you. Uh, And Josh? You can find me and my palico over at H-D-K-I-R-I-N, H-D-K-I-R-I-N, and then say hi to my palico, S-D-K-I-R-I-N. 
standard definition, Karen. I get it. I get, your, I get what you did there. <laughs> or uh, super so, deformed. Yes, I'm Gene. You can find me at Zach Reese. So, yeah, that's it for this January 27th, uh, 2018 edition of the TetraCast. I'm never going to be able to deliver that clearly, am I? Every single week, it's going to be a problem with me just naming the damn date. But, yeah, uh, thank you all out there for listening. Thank you, of course, my guests for being part of this podcast. And catch us next week for not another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.